from downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, we have Ben Stockton here to talk about the Indie World Direct. I swear to God, this fucking boss. I feel the power of glove. Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 233, your place for Nintendo news from Nintendo fans like yourselves. We are your hosts. I'm Trey Groovy Johnson. I'm Jeremy. Onion games don't make me cry. Mikowski. I'm John Heatwave Knitter. And this week we have a special guest. Ben, I wish I had more time to prepare Stockton. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You, you'll do great. It's uh, we're, we're pretty casual here on Nintendo Main. You, you'll do all right. So, Ben, I haven't talked to you in a while. You know, I, I definitely not since the world has started to crumble around us, or at least the country has started to crumble around us. Uh, how yeah, is, it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are, how are things in, in the quarantine? Corona. 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 Well, man, you know, they're as good as they are for anybody, I guess. You know, um, we're just getting by. I haven't worked since March. Uh, so I'm just now getting on unemployment, which is wow. be helpful. I guess the main thing that, like, I've been experiencing and I talk to all my friends about is it's just like any molehill becomes a mountain now. Mm. Any, any little trip up is like a kick in the gut. Uh, so my, my wife and I, we actually had to replace two water heaters oh, uh, no. just a few weeks ago. Oh, my, oh gosh. my God. Yeah, we felt that one, guys. Uh, but, you know, uh, we had some family help us out, thankfully. And, you know, my wife's working. I'm just now getting on unemployment. So, you know, we're just trying to make it like anybody. But we feel really lucky, man. Like, she works. I walk the dog every day. And I have a huge collection of video games to play. So I'm keeping busy enough, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to. There's so much negativity to follow that sometimes you just got to say, hey, I want to see an overweight uh, plumber steal a little gorilla's father, you know? Yeah. And that, you know, go rescue him, you know? If nothing else, be just to reflect on when people had jobs. Oh, at least he's a plumber. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's union work, you know. <laughs> exactly. Plumbers are still working. They're essential, right? I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't we had one here the other day too, which is why I'm really glad I'm on unemployment now. Yeah. So, so did you, did you miss out on all the extra stuff from unemployment, like the extra six hundred dollars a week and all that? Uh, I supposedly I got I got in before that was up, and supposedly it'll all be retroactive. Okay, that's good. I hope so. Yeah, but you know, man, who knows, dude? Like, uh, I mean, thankfully, I live in Illinois, and Illinois seems to be one of a more legitimate state handling their unemployment. We've extended it 20 weeks now. Mm. I don't know if you guys have been following, but uh, like Florida's governor, for example, just came out and said that uh, their system is designed to dissuade you from keep 
to keep the fly. You know, mm-hmm. it's designed to make it hard for you to get money to get paid out. Yeah, so, and, but uh, it's a feature. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, it's it's designed to make you go look for work, right? That's what the president yeah, said. yeah. I mean, and exactly. And who couldn't find a job right now in this economy? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just terrible, man. And I I feel really lucky because I get to talk about dumb stuff still. Like I get to bitch that Christopher Nolan's movie is not is getting pushed and might not get a home release on day one. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> these are the kind of problems you want in the world's slowest apocalypse. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're pushing to have uh, the new Mutants movie in theaters, so maybe he's, maybe he will get there. Because I think the last thing I heard is they're today. they're trying to get you, that what end of September. Like, if anybody's going to go to that, I, I mean, I'm not. But you no, I think be, it's end of this month. Is it this month? I just saw an I ad for it. Next yeah. Month. yeah, yeah, it surprised me. Like, wow, that thing's finally getting released after what four years or something like that. I thought it looked oh, great. Yeah, for, yeah, I thought it, yeah, I thought it looked great when I saw the trailer like five years ago, but <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, it's. Well, I'll tell you this: the the more I see of it, the less I feel like it's a horror film, and that's yeah. what initially got me excited about it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, I yeah, I don't know. I, I was I like the idea of it being like a horror film or being different, but who knows? Like it, the last trailer it looked kind of like a thriller. I don't know. I I, I try not to watch too many trailers. I kind of want to go into it. Somewhat. It could still be a horror movie, and yeah. now Disney's the one kind of marketing it, so maybe they. Oh, yeah. Steered more towards, you know, looking like a, a X Men movie. Yeah. Well it definitely has like that young adult vibe, right? Sure. Yeah. 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 Well that's kinda that's kinda how the comic is too, I think. But uh oh, yeah. yeah. As far as uh well I I had my own actually thing with unemployment this week. I've I've been trying I so I got on the list, you know, you call them and like supposedly they call you back. It took it probably took like over a month, but they did finally call me back and I did finally talk to somebody. And, uh, I'm, you know, and you might be in the position of this too. And a lot of people are, you know, we both work a lot of like gig stuff. So most of it's like 1099 and all that. So I was trying to figure out if I could get any of the 1099 money, you know, cause they created that thing for, for the whole, uh, coronavirus where if you, if you weren't getting an un- un- unemployment, you could get unemployment based on like the money that you had made through like 1099s and shit like that in, in years, in years before. And I was trying to get on that. So, so I called the, unemployment and they finally called me back and i found out that if you get any unemployment whatsoever no matter how small it is you're not eligible to get any of the 1099 money that's bullshit no so so they kind of i kind of got screwed over no matter what so i can either get i can either get like 60 dollars a week or nothing is basically what i can what i can do so i've been i've been forced to like go back to doing like food delivery which i used to do like in between jobs just to fill in, you know, just to fill in money and all that. And that's kind of what I've been forced to do because I can't make any money anywhere else right now. Cause I, yeah, the last audio job I, I did was on black ink and that was in, that was in March. Like uh, I was on that the last day before all that shit went to hell, but you know, yeah. so it was like, yeah. So I haven't done any audio work or even, I mean, I've been trying to apply through some stuff through like staff me up, but I, I used to do a lot of stuff where I would, drive to other other uh, states and stuff and do like crime shows and i've figured that's probably not something that people want really want people driving in from from wherever now for stuff like that and a lot of them i've seen they're actually kind of cutting the audio people out as well and just having camera people in there so so you know it's all kind of that stuff is kind of fucked up my, my wife works in theater and she got you know theaters like done for who knows how long you know so we're kind of in the same boat we both got screwed but yeah the the unemployment Base it it just seems it seems so dumb. Like basically, I can either I can do sixty dollars a week 
until next March. Next March, I can actually get the unemployment money that I paid was that I paid into from the end of last year that I did from a bunch of shows in Black Ink. But I don't get access to that until a year from after I already applied. And even though ninety percent of my income was ten ninety nine, I, I have no access to it because of the other thing. So it's like. It sucks. So, uh, I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's working out, working out better for you. Cause sometimes, and yeah, and since they didn't, they, they didn't extend any of the well, $600 and all that, it's just kind of, I'm just kind of forced to go back to work. So, well, you know, and, and can I say the only reason it's working out for me is because I happened to have a CPA who suggested I incorporate years ago, man. So oh, sure. A- yeah. Every, everything I did was W2 work. And this is, Sorry, I've heard this things about video games, and I'll get off the soapbox in a second. No, this is fine. like part. Of, this is part of the systemic problem we have, where it's like we make all these legalese loopholes and hoops to jump through, uh, just to make it easier for people with the money and understanding to take advantage of. But much harder for people like us. I, I would still be doing ten ninety nine work today if I just happen happen to be introduced to a CPA, and mm. he's like, "You got to incorporate changes how you do your taxes." And like, I'm very much in a similar boat to most Americans right now, as far as like, like we're, you know, I, I guess we're taking it one month at a time. Really, we're all taking it one day at a time, but like just with how everything's worked out with this mortgage moratorium and this, you know, it's like we all get 30 days and we get another 30 days to figure out what we're going to do to hopefully be ready for another 30 days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm hoping when things turn around and you know we get back on track that like you know doing your taxes are simple and no one can fall through the cracks like this again but you know we'll see this is america yeah i just i i thought yeah i was trying to get a hold of somebody because i thought that i was like well i you know i made 90 percent of my income was from this other thing and you know i worked you know i worked at a bar i did i did a food food uh, delivery stuff in between you know to make extra cash but even if i didn't work at the bar i still would have gotten screwed because the good amount of the audio stuff that I did was taxed. So it was like, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, so that's what happened to me on, on that end. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun time. Did you guys have any, uh, Corona updates that you want to talk about? I know that, uh, California's on fire right now, right, John? Oh yeah. It's major heat wave. So <laughs> not necessarily Corona related, but yeah. What, what better fun than, uh, you know, staying alone in your apartment, but, uh, you know, now crank it up to 180 degrees or whatever it is outside. Um, no, I, I'm exaggerating, but it's like probably 95 every day average is what they say. I don't really believe it for my neighborhood. I think it's warmer than that. I mean, I'm sitting here right now at 9 p.m., 9.45 p.m., and I'm sweating in my apartment right now. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. I actually woke up in the middle of the night two nights ago purely because it was just too hot and I had to go you know, wash my face and all that stuff. Yeah, it's really, really warm. In fact, a couple of days ago in Death Valley, they set a new record for, it was like 130 degrees, like the hottest temperature recorded in the last 100 years or something. Yeah, so it's pretty bad out here. Yeah, and you don't have you don't have an air conditioning or anything there, right? And so it's already... No, I just got a fan, and I actually ordered a second fan that's supposed to be uh, more powerful. It was like 100 bucks or something, so hopefully it's good. That's uh, coming tomorrow. Yeah, I bet I bet things are rough. It was like it was in the seventies today here, so it was pretty pretty cool in Chicago. But yeah. California. I mean that's part of that that adds to the whole like doomsday thing, right? Where uh, California's on fire also among among all oh, yeah. the coronavirus stuff. Well Ben, I uh I mean everybody here knows, but I work in uh food service 
which is its own thing. It, luckily, it's been considered a essential service, so I've been able to work most of the pandemic. But uh, it's like heavily, we're, we're wearing masks, you know, blah, blah, we're, we're wearing gloves, which we usually wore gloves anyway, but we're just like completely like sanitary. We're supposed to stay a certain distance from each other. And then everything in the actual restaurants like spaced out. I won't bore the listeners with stuff I've spoken about before, but it just makes the job a lot more intense than it used to be. And it's kind of hard to talk to each other and hear each other sometimes, like, because everybody's voices are muffled and, and communication's really important in a, like, a busy kitchen. But, uh, yeah, we just, we've just been staying crazy busy pretty much constantly. And, uh, I live in a college town. I live in Champaign, Illinois. So, yeah, you, you're in Illinois. You probably know that is. And uh, we just, like, all the students started coming back this past week and really curious how it's all going to go because, as you saw in, like, uh, what, Notre Dame, they, like, end up having to cancel classes or whatever temporarily because a large percentage of the students tested positive. So I don't know if something like that's going to happen here, too, and if it's going to change the nature of how the restaurant industry works. But uh, in the meantime, I picked up a fifth shift. I've been working four days a week for a while because he's been trying to cycle my boss has been cycling everybody in from two different restaurants working one restaurant and now there's finally a fifth shift so i picked it up so i'm back to working actual full-time and with the added intensity of like how work it is i just i mean i'm just exhausted when i get home every night kind of i don't know questioning how much i actually like working in restaurants to be honest but on the other hand just happy to have a job so it's been a strange dichotomy as far as how my brain's working lately and with it just being so hot out here too you know it's not like it is in california but it's been hot enough that you compound that with being in a hot kitchen it kind of sucks yeah we and same thing for you know my wife and i we've been doing delivery stuff together and uh, we don't have our the air conditioning is broken in the car so Oh, so it's like 90 days, uh, 90 degree days have been kind of rough. So you're like inside basically a, a, like a sauna because it's all closed up. And- yeah. Our air conditioning bro- was broken. It was going to be over a thousand dollars to fix it. So we didn't Jeez. do it right now because of, because, you know, we both have, both don't have jobs and all that. So it's kind of a. I know my, yeah. my AC doesn't work in my car either. And I drove for maybe 10 minutes earlier today to the grocery store. And when I got out of the car, I, my shirt was just like sticking to me all the way. Like, mm. I would just dredge, so I can't even imagine a whole shift like that. Do you have like a little fan in your car or something? I might need to add something along. I mean, we have fans. I mean, but it's not really, it doesn't do that much. I mean, yeah, you can turn the air conditioning on and it's just a fan. It's just not cold. Have you, you know? have you and Jess been driving together or do you like take shifts or? Uh, she's just been driving and I've been run, running the food. So that's kind of how we've been doing it. She's, she's the driver, but it's, I mean, it was, I, I'm able. To, I'm able to still make some decent money in a in a few days, but it still sucks that that, I, that I'm getting forced. That's to nice do that. that you guys can work together too. Yeah, I mean, it would either be that, or she would just wait at home for like six hours or whatever. You know, like it's she's not doing anything else, so we might as well do it together. It's kind of how we're at. But let's talk about something. We talk about something more positive. Talk about some games for a while. Um, this is what we do at the beginning of every show. We talk about what we've been playing and what we've got for the week. Uh, why don't you start off for this week, Ben, since you're the guest. Uh, what have you been playing? Well, uh, so my uh, Switch has been in the shop. Hopefully I'll get that back this week. So I've been going through a lot of my backlog, like my old stuff. I'm a big retro gamer guy. 
Um, so uh, something uh, I've been playing recently is Sunset Riders, uh, which you can get uh, through the Arcade Archives collection on Nintendo Switch and PS4. It is this great Konami uh, run-and-gun uh, with just colorful cowboys, or bounty hunters, actually. It has some really good digitized voices at the time. Uh, you hear some funny stuff from the bosses before and after a battle. Uh, today, literally today, I beat Mario Sunshine for the first time on the GameCube. Oh wow! Oh. So you, so you got to fight Bowser in a in a jacuzzi tub at the end there. Oh yeah! yeah. It, it was, that <laughs> spoilers, gross, man. <laughs> yes, yeah. Spoilers. So you got so you got through that level where uh, the guys are tossing you, like the bonus level. Yes, yes, I got. Through oh that. my god, that level! No, I know there. You know, I <clears throat> so um, you know, and I'm sure you guys will talk about this later. But there's rumors of a 35th anniversary 3D Mario collection, you know, yeah. and um, I actually this long story short, the Switch is my first current gen system since the PS2. I was out of games for a long time. Oh wow, okay, yeah. So I'm actually yeah. going back, uh, and I, I have a ton of older hardware now, and I'm playing gems that I missed along the way. Right now, I think a remastered or remade uh, Sunshine would be really interesting. Because it's a really good game. It's so different than the rest. Mm-hmm. But man, it is hard and sometimes it's like unnecessarily hard. It can be unfair, <laughs> yeah. you know? Oh sure. Uh, yeah. But I'm glad I did it. It's it it definitely gets more hate than it deserves. Um I, yeah. Yeah. I, I was saying I, I, I still like Sunshine. Like I I never really got on the hate thing. I mean, I understand it's I different, know. but every every Mario game is different, you know. The 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 main reason and I've said it a lot of times that I don't I don't necessarily buy into the rumor. Even though there seems to be like more and stuff, more and more stuff showing up as of late to say that maybe it is true, but you know, Sunshine it, it used the uh, GameCube uh, analog triggers. That was that's something they're going to have to completely rework for the new system. And I don't know, N- Nintendo doesn't they don't do a whole lot of remasters, like or at least they haven't for their Mario series. And yeah, and, and I know like Miyamoto straight up said that he had no interest in doing it. So it's that's why I feel like it's kind of I don't know. It's it seems weird that they would because they would have to do some yeah they would have to do some reworking on that on that game in particular and yeah well I you know I don't see them doing I, that having played through it now uh, I would say the one thing the Switch has going for it is the extra button mm-hmm. because uh, and correct me if I'm wrong guys the only the only thing off the top of my head I remember that the analog um, buttons are used for is if you lightly push it in. You can squirt water while you're running. Yeah. If you push mm-hmm. it all the way in, you stop, and then you can move your hose like a gun, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's an extra shoulder button on sure. the one side now. So yeah. I think, in theory, you could do it fairly easily, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, the thing, and I'm not a programmer or anything yeah. like that, you know, but there's a possibility there within the hardware, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking that too, or like maybe a double click or something. Yeah, it could yeah. be that. Or, yeah. Well, you can even hold down the anal- – like I had suggested in the past when we've talked about this, like if you push down the thumbstick, that's when you stand in place and do it. I would think that. Holding the button down while you're moving, then you don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I – don't, yeah, it, it depends on how they want to do it. I mean, yeah, sure, they could switch it, but I just don't know how, you know – how much Nintendo cares that much about those games? I mean, they brought they brought games over to the Switch that were meant for two screens on the Wii U. That sure, yeah. There's the they've, arcade. they've worked with some limitations. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but that was Hamster doing that. That wasn't Nintendo. I mean, <laughs> that, the world ends with you. It happened. Yeah, but not well. And that well, was and that was Square. 
that also wasn't Nintendo. Yeah, I guess that wasn't Nintendo. I'll also point out that, uh, you know, Mario All-Stars has, uh, it was some version of porting the old 2D ones has been a thing for a long time now. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're on the Switch and the Wii and Anniversary Collections. Uh, And then the GBA got some mostly really great ports of them individually. Sure. Uh, So I, I, I could see... Because they're doing everything bigger and better on the Switch, man. I could, yeah. I could see this being the year that they do a 3D collection. Yeah, I mean, it about time. Yeah. I was gonna say Captain yeah, right. Toad, also Trey, and yeah, Cap- coming up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so they are they changing have, all I mean, that Nintendo stuff. Is doing it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be real surprised if they end up doing the the Metroid Prime trilogy thing because they have to completely change all the controls for those games. Yeah. I don't even know how the hell they're gonna do that. I don't know how they would do it for three because of all the motion control in there. So. I still, I still don't believe that's Switch happening. Sensor bar. <laughs> well, I mean, they already have like a wannabe pointer control on Switch, which would still doesn't work well at all. So, yeah, it needs. I, I would be down for that if if Nintendo got serious about that. Yeah, some kind of uh, uh, Joy-Con Plus. I I love the. I uh, when a Wii when a Wii mode works, it works great. You know what I mean? Oh sure. Yeah, pointer control was one of their strongest suits, I think, for that controller. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, uh, Sunset Riders. I've actually I've looked at it a couple times on the Switch. Getting it, I don't have it for anything else. And I think we've had guests in the previous that have talked about it also. So it's kind of one that was marked on the eShop for one that I thought about checking out. It, it's like a beat 'em up, right? But with guns, pretty much and cowboys. Yeah, it, it's a really great way to put it. I mean, that's that's it. it I you know I, where I would call uh, Contra a running gun. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, a beat em up, like it smashes together. You get the bullets flying. It's almost like a shmup the way the bullets are coming at you. You jump and, uh, slide by them. And it's really vibrant colors, great music. Uh, so it's not nearly as, um, uh, morose as Contra can be. Uh, sometimes that's fun, right? You want, you want a little, uh, you want a little, um, levity to you know your game you know mm-hmm. like a game doesn't a, a game with guns doesn't necessarily always need to be drab and, and that's something i really like about sunset riders mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it also on the switch online super nintendo no it's not N- no it's 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 not it's only what's that, it, what's that game there's a different game oh um wild guns wild yeah wild, wild guns. guns okay yeah, yeah. yeah. wild guns is different because that's more uh it, it, it's a, uh, it's basically like, um, it's a lot like sin and punishment sort of, except for, mm-hmm. you know, except for on the super Nintendo or like the punisher for NES. If you ever played that game, it's, it's a lot like that, where it's just all about aiming more than fighting. You know, it's all about aiming and dodging is what, but wild guns is good too. It's just, I think it's completely different than what sunset riders is. Yeah. It's more of a shooting gallery type mm-hmm. setup. Yeah. Where yeah, the ducks can shoot back. Mm-hmm. Is is that what you've been playing lately? Yeah, man, that uh, those two really, and then some more old stuff. I finally did No More Heroes because I'm really psyched for the third one. I've got to do the second one on my Wii still, but the first game's great, and I hear the second's even better. Uh, did you guys ever play the No More Heroes games? I did. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, what did you think about the ending of one? Like the ending is so fucking weird. <laughs> I I I don't <laughs> like the ending. Uh, That's what I, I yeah hated that part about it. I, I kind of forgotten it's exploded for me and then you know you can go on youtube and have it explained a little better i don't say much more than that i hated the ending 
Yeah. But like, it's such a good game and a unique game that like it it didn't sour it at all for me, and that, it says a lot about it. I feel sure. I I mean, I I think the second one is the better one of the two of them because the first one had like that that had that empty open world like where you don't really yeah. do anything, and it had the jobs that were like kind of fun, but kind of not for the most for most of the time. But in in No More Heroes two. The jobs that you do are actually, they're supposed to be like NES games, so they're all in 8-bit, so they're kind of a little bit more fun oh, and cool. more catchy. And there's actually not a, there's not an open world. There's just like a Mario World style map where you can just kind of go from one thing to another so you don't have to drive around through a whole like empty space. That's good. That so was I, my chief complaint. Yeah. So I felt like the second one did a lot better to, uh, to like fix all the stuff that was wrong with the first one. And it was longer too. Like it had more stuff to it. The second one did than the first. Cause I remember being kind of disappointed with how quick, how quick the first one was over, you know, cause it's, you know, the levels weren't as big, but the second one I really like, actually, I think it was my favorite out of all of them. Just to uh, be real, be wary of uh, getting the Travis strikes again game for switch. That's all I'm saying. I, I didn't uh, like that game at all. Oh, at all? Okay. I, yeah. I mean, I know it's com- not. It's not like the other two. No, like, it's, oh, it's not. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, I did enjoy. It does have some weird intros, like for each of the games that you play, which are kind of worth watching. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't care for it. I thought the control was pretty pretty bad, and I thought it got really tedious really quickly. So, mm. which I guess people could say that about the other about the other games, but I I prefer the regular No More Heroes to that one. It was weird because they were like. Oh, we're gonna make this one like indies, but it's not really like any of the good indies. It's kind of like a really bad indie, but with Travis Touchdown in it. Is what is, is what I got <laughs> from it. it. It kind of even reminded me of some of the really bad Star Wars games from like GameCube era. So I mean, because oh. you know he has a light, he's running around with a lightsaber. So it reminded yeah, me of true. some of those really really bad like uh, ones that have really bad platforming in them and stuff like that. So maybe if it's on sale, look at it or watch some YouTube stuff of it. But I think I think the other two are better. But no, I yeah, I definitely want to see. I'm excited to see three whenever whenever that comes around. I don't know if they're still planning on releasing it this year or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I uh, I think that we're going to get some pretty big announcements from Nintendo towards holiday time, uh, and I think I think fall is when we're going to see uh, No More Heroes three. But, yeah, hopefully. I mean that that'd be cool. There was a, I mean, this is a news item, but I know they have, they have like an event coming up. What is it? They have like a, what is an investment meeting, something like that, that people think, people think there's going to be a direct before that. So that's kind of the newest in the rumors of a Nintendo directs that are happening. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I kind of like how they, I mean, they've just been releasing like trailers now about stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. What what was it that happened to your switch that you had to send it in? Like what like what broke on it? Well, you know it's it's kind of funny, man. Uh, it, it, the switch itself was fine for a long time, and then uh, my pro controller got a little wine spilt on it, and that died. No, oh. so it was fine. I, I had four Joy Cons, two sets. They all got drift. They mm. all got drift to the point where I couldn't keep using them. And then, like the day before, I was going to sign up for those repairs. I dropped my switch and it bricked. Oh, so, no. you know, perfect timing. I think this will be about a hundred bucks to repair. Okay. So if I ever break it again, I might as well just get a new switch. Are they so. fixing your Joy-Con as well? Yeah, it's like two separate orders. And from what I've heard, they didn't tell me this, but I've heard that they just replaced Joy-Cons. Uh-huh. They don't Pro controller is probably uh, off warranty because of liquid damage. 
Yeah, well, I got everything day one. None of none of those one day anymore. But uh, yeah, the Pro Controller I'll, I'll replace eventually. That best controller I've ever used. If you guys haven't used it, it's super. Oh, I love it. But Trey's yeah, he's... something else better. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, I swear by the eight by the eight bit uh Pro Controller. That's actually oh, those my, are nice. That's actually my favorite controller. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't like. I don't like the Nintendo Pro Controller. To tell you the truth. I'm not that big of a fan of it, but the the eight bit Do Pro controller is basically a PlayStation three four controller, which I prefer. It has the two analog sticks on the bottom. It has the um, there's there's a big space between the plus and minus, and the home and uh, capture buttons, so you don't accidentally hit either of those because those are actually on the bottom on the on the eight bit Do one, and the and the start and select minus plus are in the middle up here, so you don't have to hit it. But I I think the I think the control pad works much better on that compared to the pro controller and the buttons. They always seem like way too squishy for me on the pro controller. So, so I yeah. love the form of the pro controller. Like it fits nicely in my hands. That's the best thing about it. I think, but then there's the D pad issue, which, you know, it's not that reliable. And then I think I agree with you also the, the home button placement. I also, I always hit the home, pl- home button by accident. And that's the worst when you're playing online because you just cut out and ruin your game. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. We all know this is the best controller. <laughs> so you, you, you got one that five dollars Steam controller. Yeah. Well, you got one of those. Five bucks for it. Oh uh, yeah, I talked about it on the show. Yeah the um the eight bit Doe ones are cheaper too. They're they're fifty instead of like the eighty dollar Nintendo Pro controllers. So I highly recommend those if you're looking for. And you can use them, you know, they have a U- they have the USB-C charger, the same as the Pro Controller does. The only thing you can't do with it is you can't turn on your system remotely with it, and you can't scan Amiibo on it, but it does everything else. You can do uh, motion aiming, and it has a uh, rumble as well, so it's, uh, yeah, it's it's dope. It even has, like, the lights and stuff on the on the home button, also, if you have, like, alarms or whatever to set that off. So, all that's in there. That, yeah, that's, that's the one that I play with more than anything else. I actually was I was a big fan of the Wii U Pro controllers also, and I'm still mad that I can't use those on the Switch in any way. There's there's no way to get those to work. Yeah, that was, that was kind of crappy. Battery life is phenomenal. Yeah, I was trying because uh, I have these. Um, Jeremy and I we have these Gbro adapters that are basically like they're kind of like small Wii remotes, you know, without the pointer. But you can plug like a you can plug plug a Wii controller uh, port in there, and you can also plug a GameCube port in there, so you can do either of them. You know, where it can work as a GameCube controller or a, or any of the classic controller ports for the Switch. And I was hoping that, cause I have like a, I have an adapter for that to get, uh, to get a Wii U Pro controller to work with an NES, with one of the NES minis or the Super Nintendo minis. And I can't get it to work with the Switch. Like I tried it, I thought it would work, but it didn't because of the wireless, I guess, through the G Bro never worked, but. Maybe someday, because I think those controllers are great. I'm surprised, like with all the, with all the like so many controllers, you can get to work with the Switch that that actually isn't on there. But maybe, maybe somebody will do it eventually. If uh, if that's if that's what you've been playing, is that is that all you've been playing for this week? Uh, well, I, I want to talk about one new game I'm playing. Okay, I was playing uh, before my Switch busted. Uh, I've been getting really into uh, video pinball. Um, and I played some of the old Naxxent stuff. Uh, you guys know Alien Crush and Demon Crush? Oh, yeah. Those games are great. Yeah. Well, there's this new, newer, came out last year, I think, spiritual successor to Devil's Crush called Demon Tilt or Demon's Tilt. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> man, if you guys haven't played it yet, um, it is Devil's Crush on steroids, man. Real clean graphics, 
great effects, sound effects, visual effects, big, big table, really elaborate sub rooms, kind of like um, Devil's Crush Hat. Well, uh, more Dragon's Fury, but we can, that's a whole other bag of worms with that port mm. of that game. Uh, but uh, yeah, it just, the music's awesome. Uh, it's one of those games where I would just sit down for half hour, an hour, and just try to beat my high score over and over and over again. So if you if you're in a video pinball at all, I can't recommend uh, Demons uh, Demons Tilt enough. And that that's just Demons Tilt, right? <laughs> it's it's not like in a collection with other stuff. Yeah, it's it's the only game it is. I, I want to say it's like twenty or twenty five bucks. And if you know what those old games were like, that's a pretty good price, just considering what you get. Uh, but I I got mine on sale for fifteen. You mm-hmm. can find it on sale online. Sure. Yeah, th- those games were fun. Well, I, I mean, I, I played them on the Wii on the Virtual Console, the Alien Crush and Devil's Crush. Also, when you're talking about sub game stuff, I was thinking about um, the Pokemon pinball games. They had a, they always had a lot of cool like some games that you could play in there. In yeah. between with like bosses and stuff, and those those are pretty rad. I'm the a, I- actual pinball machine has a little sub room that you go in. It's it's a little miniature pinball machine. The stern. Oh, nice. The stern machine. Yeah, it's like underneath. Yeah. yeah, it's underneath and like a little sectioned off spot yeah nice well cool all right well uh we'll move we're gonna move on here and uh i'll talk about some of the stuff that i've been getting uh actually i finally got i finally got the stuff from uh midwest gaming classic that jeremy we've we've talked about that many times Uh, i don't know if you've heard about it ben it's a it's like a it's a big retro gaming thing in milwaukee jeremy and i've been going for like the past like four or five years and you know it, it falls like right in uh April, so it got swept. You know the the whole COVID like fucked it over, so it didn't it didn't happen this year for the first time many many times. But we had already bought and uh bought like VIP tickets, and uh, the, there was all this swag shit that the guy was going to send out to everybody. And I finally got mine, so I got it right here. We can. Uh, oh yeah, I'll grab mine. I figure Thanks. I can uh, just Let open it up. Mine. Okay, we can open it up. I actually haven't looked at it yet, so. We can do. I'm sure you've looked at yours, Jeremy. But uh, let's see what we got here. Okay, so I got Midwest MGC bag here. This is Milwaukee on it. It's got a Midwest, the Midwest Gaming Classic logo right there in the front. So that's pretty cool. It's my T-shirt. The Midwest Midwest Gaming Classic official um, T-shirt here. Like a Triforce thing on there, something, cool. something, something like that. Yeah, and it's just it's just three things, right, Jeremy? Because here is uh, here is the NES game that came with it, Exit Loop. Which, but uh, I think you can actually use this in an NES. So that's, that's cool. This cool. is a specific game that they made for the for the event, particularly. You have your NES right there, ready to go. It's over here. It should. I mean, it should work. I, I bought one of those. Uh, Blinking light wind things on it. I'll try. I'll try it later and let you know. It's just three things, right? It's just the bag, the shirt, and the game. Yep. Have you tried? Have you tried the game yet? I've not. Oh, okay. Well, that'll be next week. I'll let you. I'll let everybody on here know if it works. I'll play too. If it works next week, I'm sure it will. If it works, it should work fine. Um, my my middle name earlier when I said Groovy, which will be replaced by the the uh, the Evil Dead Two Groovy, of course. Why don't you do, do, do the Earthworm Jim Groovy? Groovy! Because I like the other one better. 
<laughs> I think that might have been a reference. Go go the exact opposite direction with the Austin Powers groovy. Oh god, there no. you go. <laughs> no, <laughs> I used to do all of them. Yeah, I could I could try to I mean I could try to edit them all together. That they they probably won't. Well, I could mess with the speed. No, that that take longer. Anyway, um, somebody uh, you know, friend of the show, Janet from IGN, she mentioned on Twitter the groovy dot com, which is a website where you can. Uh, you know, it'll help you like catalog all the games that you've been playing and stuff you have in your backlog and all that. And I, I took a look at it just because, you know, for the show, I've been doing, uh, I've been doing a beat a week. Every week I've beat a game every week since quarantine. And I wanted to see how many I'd actually beaten. And I put them all on the thing there and I had a total of 33 on there. And there's 52 weeks in the year. So that's 33 weeks out of 52. So. I don't know exactly when I started doing the. Say what week are we in right now? That would be something to look into. Like how many weeks are left? Yeah, I didn't. Not time mean anything anymore? <laughs> I think it's I mean, like it's, all, it's like what we we probably have like fourteen or fifteen weeks left in the year. I know it's like what seventy six yeah. no, days till uh till the election. I know that. <laughs> probably closer to twenty weeks left in the year. Yeah, it's it's we're pretty close, but but yeah, no, I, I was just going over some of the games that are there. But yeah, Groovy dot com. It's it's totally free. You can start an account if you want and just put all your games on there. And it was nice to just see all of them listed, and I can like go through and rate them and stuff like that. And then they sell your information. <laughs> yeah, to to who Nintendo? I've given them enough money already. <laughs> they don't they don't need to steal my information. But uh, yeah, I I had thirty three games beaten so thus far. But I did beat, I mean, I did beat a new one this week, of course, and uh, I beat Panzer Dragoon, the remake. Oh, you beat that one, huh? Nice. I did. How many I, levels are there? Because I was on level four or five. There's six. There's okay. six levels. Well, I'm close then. Yeah. I, I ended up, I did a poll on our uh, on our Facebook group and through Twitter last week about whether I should get uh, Super Hot or Panzer Dragoon because they were both the same price on I sale. I got Super Hot. No, I did not. He's, su- he's super hot in real life. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I'm super out right now. Ah, <laughs> uh, then the computer screen's the reason I'm not seeing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, I ended up beating Panzer Dragoon. I, I got that one. It's yeah. It, you can play through it in like an hour. It, it doesn't take very long. I base I played it on medium on like the second difficulty, and I got to like the fifth level, and I couldn't beat the fifth level, so I just put it on easy and just started at the beginning and just went all the way through it. Is why is what I did, but Panzer Dragoon's a weird game. It's a it was a Sega Saturn game. It's basically kind of it's basically is like Star Fox with a dragon, but you can turn around and mm-hmm. it's odd. But and it and it doesn't have as much depth as uh, Star Fox does. But I feel like it was worth it to play it just because I've heard about it, and you know who gets to play Sega Saturn games? Anymore? I mean, it came out before Star Fox sixty four, right? Did it? Ninety five, I think, oh, is when it came out. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last year of Saturn? Because I know it was one of the last. I think it was one of the last U.S. releases. Was it? Yeah. I thought Panzer Dragoon was like the well, first one. There was one. a couple of Panzer Dragoon games on. Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of Saga. Yeah. Sorry. Saga, yeah. Saga. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first Panzer Dragoon, and I thought that was a launch title of sorts for uh, for I Saturn. Or so at least, of course, like, it's not going to be quite on par with like six, Star Fox 64, but it, it's better than Star Fox. On Super Nintendo, yeah, Panzer Dragoon. Panzer Dragoon uh, re- released uh, March tenth, nineteen ninety five. So, yeah, so I think that was. I'm pretty sure that was before Star Fox sixty four, but definitely after sixty four was ninety seven. Yeah. yeah, but definitely after Star Fox and Super Nintendo. But still, I mean, it's it looks pretty good. It's uh, 
it's a strange game. Like it's uh, I, watching all of the cutscenes and stuff, especially like all of the intro of it. It's just weird. So it's, it's a weird game. But I'm 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 glad that I got it. I basically got it, played through it a couple times, and deleted it for more space because it's like a seven gig game. But yeah, that that was my beat of the week, and I actually have a second beat of the week. But I'll talk about it when we get to the indie world show world showcase later. So I bought that. I also bought uh, I bought Double Kick Heroes, which is the rhythm zombie fighting shoot 'em up game that came out last week. Uh, Jeremy watched some of the stream on it. It's it's cool, but it's really hard. Like it's a uh, it's basically like a Guitar Hero type game where you where you have to. You basically have to hit have to hit four different things, but you also have to. You're a drummer on the back of a truck, and you're getting chased by zombies and other and other uh, monsters. But you also have to. You can choose whether you're firing up on the top or bottom, so you have to watch where the zombies are. So it's it gets really hard because you're trying to watch. You're trying to watch where all the stuff is that you're hitting on the bottom, but you also have to see where the monsters are. So I found it almost way too complicated for its own good but it's it's still pretty cool i think i think most of the music is is all right there is like some new metal stuff in there but it's an interesting game for 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 what it is right now you know if you want to play a game about another apocalypse it's worth worth getting on there but i haven't fully beat that one yet but i did mess around with it now you you can you can hook up the dk the dk bongos for it but it'll only really work on easy mode because you need four different buttons to be able to play the game so that's basically what's going on with that. If you want to play it on the simplest mode with only one track and two buttons, you can use the DK bongos for that. If anybody's looking to do that, I wanted I wanted to try out my guitar my Guitar Hero uh, drum set that I have for PlayStation Three. I just didn't have enough time to get around to it. So, especially with the indie thing happening this week and all that, so maybe by next week I will be able to be able to mess around with that. And also, just because I had enough gold points, I ended up getting Blaze Blue Cross Tra- Cross Tag Battle which is a fighting game that I've been looking at forever and it was on sale for like $4. So I got that. I only played, I only played a little bit of it. So I haven't really, don't really have a whole lot of, a whole lot of impressions about it, but that's what I did. I also uh, beat quote unquote that a uh, book that I was reading, listening to on uh, audible, the pure, pure invention, the Japan book. And uh, let me tell you that, that final, that final chapter like goes super dark at the end there, which I really didn't expect. Because they basically get into the creation of a uh, of the website 4chan, and how oh, and how 4chan was involved with like the election of Donald Trump and all of this other like you know white supremacist stuff involved with it, and I didn't really expect it to go there because most of the book is really positive, talking about like all these things that came out of Japan to help Japan rebuild itself after World War II, and then the last chapter just goes into how uh, you know how Steve Bannon used 4chan and and uh, you know to to get Donald Trump elected and all this other stuff. So I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that last hour to go there, but I still highly recommend the book. I think, I think it's great, but I didn't know, I didn't know all the, um, just all the origins of, of all that stuff, which I guess 4chan was originally started out as just a website for lonely, lonely Japanese men to talk to each other. And then it became like a huge, uh, center for anime porn addicts and just kind of spiraled out of control from there. But yeah, no, it's it's an interesting book if anybody wants to check it out. But it's aside from the indie direct stuff, that's what I've been playing for the week. Cool. I don't have a whole lot to talk about uh, besides the indie direct stuff. I uh, I'm still stuck on that Lost Boss and Paper Mario, which I which I said at the opener. Um, this boss just fucking sucks. Like it's no fun. Um, 
it's challenging, but I don't enjoy the challenge. It's, it's more of a like endurance test and a patience test. And, um, I'm just not having any fun with it at all. And I don't even know how satisfying it's going to be to beat it at the end because I'm just going to be like, why the fuck did I do that to myself? So it sucks that this ha- is happening at the end of the game. Um, and I haven't done it yet, but I think I'm just going to look at how do I beat this boss? Like just guide me through step by step because. I didn't want to get too much in a spoiler territory until I had uh, actually finished the game, but there was literally a boss I played in that where I was taking pictures with my phone to because that's what the puzzle is. You have to memorize the pathway they give you, and then they shift it. So I would cheat. I would just take a picture with my phone. Because oh, yeah, like, yeah. I don't to remember how they shifted everything. It's not like... It's not like they just rotate the rings. They do like the whole shifty thing. So you have to remember the exact order of how everything goes. Well, that's one of the phases of this boss. And I just discovered that. So in addition to him healing constantly and him taking over the forms of all the bosses I've already fought pretty much, all the sub bosses. Now I also have to add this other element where I have to shift everything exactly the way it was shifted by the computer in reverse to get it back to where it was before. And you have to do that to win. So it just, it sucks. And I don't want to, I don't want to play anymore, but I'm going to, I said I would beat it. So I'm going to keep trying. I mean, you were, you were really into that game. Are you, you were talking about how I loved it. Relaxing up until it the is. last part. Yeah. The very last boss. Like I said, there were a couple bosses that were pretty bullshitty, but I was able to get through them. Yeah. And uh, this is boss I've been stuck on for a week or what closer to two weeks at this point. So, uh, well, no, a little over a week, but luckily I've had other games to play in the meantime to kind of distract me. So right after we got done recording last week, I got on, uh, I was, I was already like on um, the switch subreddit and uh, I saw somebody recommending, you know, Blackbird, which I see a lot. I see a lot of people recommend indie games on there, you know, and half the time I'm like, are these the actual developers or are these like friends of the developers? Like, I don't, I don't want to like be too skeptical, but I just, I, I know that a lot of the indie games that pass through the eShop aren't that great. There's just like so many that are released. A lot of the time they're just not that great. So I was like, I don't know how good this is actually going to be. But then they were like, but this is the first time it's literally ever gone, gone on sale and it came out in 2018. I was like, all right, well, you've kind of piqued my interest a little bit. Not necessarily like whatever. Like, I'm at least going to look it up and see what's up with it. Well, it turns out, and I actually just found this out tonight, but it turns out that it was it's uh, made by Onion Games, which is the same studio that's behind the moon, the moon game that's coming out on Switch next week. Is it next week? I thought it was the week after. I guess, I guess it would be next week, because that is like the last week of August. His name's uh, Yoshiro Kimura, is the guy who was behind Moon. And uh, he's the guy that was behind this game, too. And um, they've had a lot of other games, and I think this game was like in their, more of their like, oh no, it came out for Steam and Switch, I think, exclusively. But they've had a lot of these other bizarre mobile games, but I downloaded this. This is on sale. I think it was $10. It was like $9.99. I, I downloaded it last week, and I love it. It's great. I recommend it. Um, it's a shooter, it, right? It's a shooter. Yeah, it's a shooter. Uh, it reminds me a little bit 
aesthetically of Zombie Nation, which was the game that I guess it was on our one of our bonus episodes when we discussed uh-huh. game music. I brought that game up, but you're essentially a disembodied head, like flying through, wreaking wreaking uh, vengeance on the countryside and like in cities and towns and stuff. So that's what Zombie Nation is. This is very similar, but this also has like a kind of like almost like Binding of Isaac, where you're like a kid that dies. It's a little girl that like dies in the streets, and people just like kind of ignore her and walk by her, and she dies. And then like this weird looking guy comes up. Well, everybody's weird looking, and like resurrects her, but she comes. She like comes back as an egg. Then the egg hatches, and inside of it is a, a disembodied head of a bird, uh. like a blackbird. And that's that's your character in the game. And uh, you're flying around this town, and all the um, all the enemies look like. Have you ever seen light, uh, Matt Groening's Life in Hell? The, ra- had, the uh, rabbit, yeah. the rabbit with he one had, ear. He had these two characters that they were like twins, and they both had like. Uh, what are the hats the Shriners wear? I can't remember what those are. Fezzes? Fezzes, yeah. Hmm. Both wearing Fezzes, and they kind of like talk to each other. And they're like interesting characters within that series, but like these guys look almost exactly like them, like without the Fezzes, but like they, their character designs like the same. And it's like, it's like you're uh, like a Godzilla type character that's wreaking havoc on the countryside, and they're all trying to kill you. So it's like a bullet hell. And uh, there's just all these bullets flying everywhere and you're dodging them and you're going around and and, in a way it's almost like defender too, because it's like a a infinitely like rotating playing field. It's 2d, but if you go all the way to the right, you know, you eventually end up back at the left and you're trying to destroy all these towers while you're dodging everything and you're getting power ups. You're collecting gems that upgrade your character so that your bullets are bigger and uh, basically what like you can keep working on getting combos and powering yourself up, you know, kind of as long as you want to, because the enemies seem like they regenerate. But once you destroy all of the towers, then uh, all these like sirens pop up in the background, like on uh, on like long sticks with like the, the speakers at the top, you know, and they all pop up and they start like doing like the siren sound and then. All of a sudden, that's when the boss comes into the stage. And the bosses are really bizarre. Uh, the first boss you fight is like a, a sentient hot air balloon, I guess, kind of. And he's like throwing balloons at you. And you have to dodge them like bullet hell style because they're like, coming up from the bottom in these patterns. And you have to kind of sort of like navigate through them while you're shooting at him. And you blow him up and he turns into like the guy, a guy that looks kind of like Santa Claus. And he starts flying at you, and you gotta like dodge him and kill him. So yeah, it's like it's batshit insane. Uh, the the whole time you're playing, like the visuals are really really cool and, and like sharp, but uh, the music is like a choir singing in like a made up language. And uh, so in a way, I guess it's like Sigaras. I'm just kidding, but uh, <laughs> they're like there's this like weird made up language, and it's like a very Victorian sort of setting, like kind of sepia toned and. It's just so weird. You make it sound like Tim Burton's Fantasy Zone. You know what it's I'm saying? It's like Tim Burton's va- Fantasy Zone. <laughs> In fact, like I was reading that it was inspired by Fantasy Zone, so that's a great descriptor for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 
I think it, it's amazing. Like, uh, you only have whatever your health is, and then it's game over. So it's definitely a roguelike game where you can get it however far you want to get. You can upgrade. You can get really powerful. But once you run out of energy, it's game over, and you have to start all over again. Uh. Um, there's no sort of sense of progress other other than the actual one one time running through trying to win game. And you can get your energy back, but there's only like three opportunities per level to do that. And each of the power-ups, you can like shoot them and change what they do. You can either increase your speed your uh, or your uh, energy or there's a third thing I can't remember right now. But, um, oh, no, you get one of your missiles back. Huh. And you have like these missiles too, which are like these weird like gravity bending explosions where you pull everything around you into like this whole... It's very strange, and I'm surprised I'd never heard of it before, but um, it's really, like, I play it at least once or twice a day. I just throw it on and see how far I can get. Uh. And I guess, like, I've seen everything from this game is insanely difficult, this game's impossible, across the spectrum to people being like, oh, this game's, like, super easy, like, it should be harder. Well, it turns out you you do unlock a, uh, a harder mode once you get through it. Yeah. So, and I haven't done that yet, but... And then... I guess that hard mode's like where the real excitement is, but uh. I'm loving it for what it is so far. And I think it was a great, a great purchase for like an impulse buy, especially since I'm not one to drop 10 bucks on a game. I've never really read much about, but I think I made the right choice. And now, now hearing that that's also the same studio that's behind the, the moon game. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to be a really into onion games. Cause I'm buying that other uh. game as soon as it comes out. Yeah, I think it's it's supposed to come out on Tuesday, right? Isn't that the? I think it's next Friday. Oh, okay. I thought it was the. Well, yeah, it was either the twenty sixth or the twenty eighth. But this, the game that you're talking about, Blackbird, is actually it's fifty percent off on the eShop. It's going to be on sale till the twenty sixth, so it'll be on sale till next Tuesday. But yeah, from what I saw of Moon, I was just looking around on the Japanese eShop, and they have it sell selling for twenty on there. I don't know if there's an actual price for it announced for it yet, but. It would make sense that it would be about the same on this one. So I, I keep forgetting about that game, but I, I am going to buy it. I oh yeah, I'm buy, I'm like I'm getting it day day one. Start playing it as soon as I can. I'm oh. really excited about it. Hopefully, it comes out like Thursday night at midnight so I can stream it. I'm actually kind of excited for it too. I mean, I don't know if I'll buy it just because I spent so much money recently. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, any game from the makers of Chibi Robo, yep. I'm in, yeah. and and a bunch of other games. Including including the game that you got, right, Jeremy? Yeah. So hey, like that's something to look at. Um if you're looking for like a fun shooter, bullet hell shooter, that's like a Tim Burton fantasy zone. There you go. Uh so, what else did I get this week? I got Chrono Cross. It came to the correct address. In fact, I got a <laughs> message from the seller the day before I got it that said, Oh hey, I just wanted you to know I got your message and I changed it. Oh, so even cool. though e- eBay was telling me it was being shipped to my old address, the it seller wasn't. had changed it. Yes, that's good. So it showed up here, and I have it. I haven't played it yet, but mm. uh, as you can see, I, my CRT is behind me. I plan on getting that all set up to play retro games here in the next week or so, and I do plan on bump, putting that in pretty early on, at yeah. least for the music. I uh, yeah, I bought that game when I when I bought the PS2 for the first time. I, you know, you could find it for pretty cheap, and I bought it from a GameStop Chrono I mean, Cross. I still got it pretty cheap, and uh, and I played it for a while until I found out that if I wanted to get like the good ending, I had to have like said no to the 
to like with the main character at the very beginning of the game like five times, and I'm like, this game is dumb, and then I <laughs> and then I stopped playing it. <laughs> That's I, I couldn't believe that. Like this main character that you see, like this has like this super detailed FMV that in the very beginning of the game, and if you want like the good ending, you have to say no to her like until she goes away. I'm like, this game is so confusing. And plus, I had like I got like five new. I got five new t- uh, team members like within like ten minutes, which is another thing I remember from that game. But I'll be interested to see what you think of it. Like, Most of like what now. I've heard about it, I mean, is that you can never really make sense out of the story. So yeah, I'm just I just got it because I was listening to the podcast, the Retronauts podcast, like I said last week, uh-huh. and uh, and it was cheap. So I was like, well, I love Chrono Trigger, and Chrono Trigger just had an anniversary this week. Uh, 25 so i was like i might as well play some chrono cross i haven't fired up my ps1 in so long so it's also a test to see if my ps1 still works to be honest if it if it doesn't work i have that extra one from uh that edwin sent me so oh nice <laughs> i have i well, have the i have that playstation one that i got from him before he went to la here's hoping i also uh, do have a ps2 as well so yeah yeah, you can play it. You can play it through PS2. Didn't didn't you play Chrono Cross? I thought you told me about it when we were in I college. I played some of it. Yeah, because I think you got farther than I did because you got to the but point I played where... It, but I played it um, when it first came out, so, you know, or within the first year of it coming out, so oh. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, I just remember it, it. It just didn't have the, you know, when you got a character in Chrono Trigger, they actually built up who they were and all that, and I felt like Chrono Cross, they were just throwing characters at you. Like I mean, they didn't even have backstories. Had... It's like, hey, you want to join the party? Okay. And then they're in your party, even though you don't know who they are. <laughs> what were like, there? Okay. Six playable characters in Chrono Trigger? You could have a party of three, so you didn't really have to leave many people out. Uh-huh. Um, I got something from the direct, but we'll talk about that. And then um, lastly, I guess I just want to say I played some more Fall Guys this week, believe it or not. It's a super addictive game. Um, I think that it's going to be the new Fortnite slash Minecraft in the sense that we're going to be sick of hearing about it or like, you know, cause it's just, it's just, it's huge. Like, and I follow the official fall guys, Twitter, and it's just crazy. The amount of interaction they're getting from all these different celebrities and e-gamer, like, you know, like esports people. And, um, they're, it's huge. It's giant. Everybody's talking about it. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, this week they they've just put out. I think it was like two days ago. The uh, whoever is running the official Twitter account kind of just says "I." They they use like the formal "I" whenever they're talking. You know, like, well, I've been here. I've been hearing a lot of thirst from all these brands that want to have a have a costume in Fall Guys. So here's what we'll do. And I got gosh, I wish I remembered exactly what the name of the charity is, but it's a charity based out of the UK. That's I think for gamers with disabilities. And they were like, whoever donates the most to this charity gets to have a costume in there. So it's not just for corporations, but it's also for like individuals too. You know, they want to throw a bunch of money at this charity. And uh, the current high bid is like four hundred over four hundred thousand dollars. Oh, this is just a couple days in, and it was like um, for a while it was uh, uh, the people who were uh, 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 Warframe. The developers of Warframe were the ones who held it for like almost a full day. And then there's this YouTuber called Mr. Beast. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but yeah, he does a lot of YouTube stuff where he just like throws a bunch of money at things. He's got crazy sponsorship. 
So he'll be like, I'm going to give somebody $10,000 today. That's the whole YouTube video. So he's just got like a seemingly infinite coffer of sponsorship money that he can throw at things. And he held the high bid for a while, but whoever it is now, it's like a couple of different companies combined. Oh, it's a ninja. That's right. It's ninja and some other company combined together. So yeah, it's, it's a pretty, it's pretty crazy how much this has blown up. This game just came out like two weeks ago, huh. a little over two weeks ago, officially. Yeah, I thought it was out for longer, but no. And I guess I just <laughs> I did too. It came out at the beginning of this month. I guess so, I've seen uh, seen so much stuff about it that I just thought it'd been out for a while. It's insane. It's insane. The, the zeitgeist of it is huge. So I don't know. I've been. I mean, I keep playing it for what it for what it's worth. It's a fun game. I am getting a little bored of it because it's the same events over and over again. You know. So I haven't been playing it quite as much lately. I got to level twenty four and got my hot dog costume that I really wanted. Once I got the hot dog costume, I was like, I'm good to go for a, for a second. But then tonight I saw on Facebook Live, uh, Kevin, friend of the show, Kevin Fair, was having a Fall Guys tournament or, you know, whatever, just like a meetup. So I uh, got online with him and played with him for about an hour. And uh, it was so much fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been doing stuff for that. So it's obviously pretty big if Kevin's doing it. So yeah, and I mean, I love the way he does it. He just gets on Facebook Live, you know, it's like Twitch or whatever, but he's just like there with his setup and he's talking to the to the chat window and and I and you're playing with him and you can comment and he comments back at you and stuff. So it was really fun because he was like he was even like good job, like he would see me and like compliment me if I like placed well or whatever, and and like we were cheering on like other people who were in the team and stuff. So. It was a lot of fun, and it was like just a super impulsive thing I did. I was like about to play the game anyway. I saw on Facebook he was live with it, so I was like, might as well play with him. Yeah, it it's the same exact game. It's just with friends. So, yeah, great game. Um, I still haven't gotten first place. I don't know if I ever will in a battle royale game, but I got first. I've gotten first place in single events a lot, so I know that I have the ability to do that. But I did make it to the final round with Kevin tonight. So he, me, him, and I think it was just me and him out of the group that made it to the final round. But there was only like 12 people left. And uh, we both lost, but it was cool. But that's pretty much it for the week other than uh, one item from the direct. Okay. For me. Well, what, what do you also, have, I've been, I've been doing some more with my MacBook. Steam, we were talking about last week, I had some trouble with that. I actually got Hitman working. So I played Hitman. For a little while, uh, the demo. So something was um, in there. Yeah, I played something, and you know, it it really is more of an issue of like Mac just needs to update and you know have support for some of the older games. It's it's not Steam's fault. They're, they're so, not they're not into supporting old things, <laughs> as most people know who have newer Macs. They're like old yeah, USBs. No, I went back to PC because of the trouble I had trying to game with my Mac. Yeah, I, was, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm using an updated uh, 2011 Mac, but I'm planning on doing the same thing whenever this one yeah. dies. I'm not too concerned about it as a gaming machine. I didn't buy it thinking I was going to get a cool you know, game machine or whatever. Whatever I can get, I'll take and try it out. That's my, my view on that. But with the Apple Arcade, which I still have for another three weeks for free, Tried a bunch of different games, including What the Golf. I enjoy What the Golf a lot. Um, I, I like that game I a lot. I like that game a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's very surprising. That's a lot of not novelty to it, and it's 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 fun. It's it's great. Yeah, no, it has a lot of levels to it, and there's they're all completely different. And 
I really enjoyed that game. It was it's yeah. it's, it's really cool and it has a fun two player game on the Switch. I think it's only on the Switch though, but it's only it? local anyway, so it doesn't matter. You wouldn't be able to play like, play anybody. I like the setup. Like every level is a is a joke almost. Like I mean that in a good way. Like you'll start off first level. You know you got the setup of a little golfer and he's ready to hit his golf ball and you know you you're supposed to click and drag it back and let it go and he's going to swing the ball and hit the ball right. So you do that, and then it's the golfer that gets hit instead of the ball. Yeah. And so they have all kinds of setups like that. Like you think something's going to happen, and then it doesn't happen. You yeah. hit you hit the ball, and then the the hole moves. And so in that sense, every new level is like an opportunity for a new joke. You're just kind of waiting to see what what it's going to be. And the, and there's like three or yeah. four different versions of each level too. So it's there's just like so much to play on that game. I ended up getting like eight eight or nine hours out of it. For, for what it is. And I thought it was really cool. And once you get to, there's, there's like a video game level set there where you play like stuff that's like Super Mario Brothers and there's like portal levels and there's like super hot levels and all these other crazy things on there. It's just awesome. Like just all the stuff yeah. that they put in there and the soundtrack is all over the place. Like there's all different types of music on there. And yeah, I, th- I thought they put a lot of effort into it, into what it was. I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm going to try and play all the way through it before my free trial is up. Yeah, and uh, you definitely also, should. Also, I just saw that it's on sale on the Switch. I think it's like sixteen bucks. Yeah, I. If when, anybody's interested, check it out. When my hand was all because I I like sprained my hand like at the beginning of the quarantine, I wasn't able to play games, but I was able to play what the golf because it's only you only need one button to play it, so you could play it with one Joy-Con easily, and I ended up beating it just because it was one of the few games I could play at the time, and that and that was really nice. But yeah, no, that game's awesome. Like you should definitely play through the rest of it because. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. It really surprised me a lot. But, you know, it reminded me a lot of, like, something like Katamari Damacy, where, like, every level yeah. has its own, like, thing, and there's jokes all over the place. I got a recommendation from a listener. Eric B. recommended that I play Grindstone on Apple Arcade, and I did. I enjoyed that, too. It's, it's pretty fun. And come to find out, it's actually one of the items on the Indie Direct that's coming to the Switch soon. Yeah, right? It's so, it's a yeah, yeah, it was it ended up being in the in the show. Yeah, one one yeah. of our uh, one of our listeners and patrons uh, sent sent an email to us asking John to try out that game, which I thought was kind of funny because isn't that game sort of like RPG like the grindstone? Uh, not really. It's more of a puzzle game. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess there's RPG elements to it if you want to you can like level up and you know, I didn't get too deep into that, but really it's more just it's like a matching game. Not as much a matching game. Like, okay, so you got a field. You're this Viking guy named George, and there's a field of enemies of different colors. You have to connect your attacks to try and get as many colors in a row as you can. And so if you click this way, you know, maybe you get five in a row, or this way, maybe you can get seven or eight or whatever. And then there's also the grindstones, which let you switch the colors uh, while you're setting up your, your attacks. So now maybe you can connect the red guys to the blue guys. And the more you get, you know, I think I got the most was like 25 characters in a row, the more points you get, and then you clear the board and then you move on to the next board. Hmm. So it's, it's a puzzle game. There's some stuff in there, like you get weapon upgrades and that kind of stuff. And it does have the, the, you know, Viking old time medieval element makes it look like an RPG, but I would not say it's an RPG though. Yeah. It kind of, from what you're saying, kind of reminds me of like something like puzzle quest. Yeah. Like kind of, kind of that type of thing. So I played that. I really enjoyed it. Good recommendation. Thanks Eric for that recommendation. I'm going to play through that one too. Choo Choo Rocket. I tried that one just because I have 
like the old Sega game. I thought I'd give this a try again. You know, you just place the arrows in certain directions, try and guide your, guide your mice back to the rocket if you don't play choo-choo. Um, it was simple. And I don't know if I'm going to continue with that one. Yeah, it has the more more of the veneer of like a phone game to me. You know, lots of bright colors and things shining at you and that kind of stuff. So it didn't really appeal to me that much. Bleak Sword is cool. Bleak Sword is from Devolver Digital, which they've got a great track record, as we all know. Mm-hmm. It looks like an old, like, 1985 computer game. So, like, just your character is is just, like, white blocks, and that's it. No defining features whatsoever. But it's an action game where um, and it controls really well on the keyboard, So surprisingly. So you've got to hold the action button, and then when you press the direction, the arrow key, where you want to attack, that's when he actually attacks. So mm-hmm. that's why I think it kind of works better on the keyboard. It looks like it was made to, to be controlled on a keyboard. And it's like dark, and the only color in the game is red, so that'll give you some hints. Creeks was an adventure game, and the visuals really stand out on that one. It's, um... The, it, it looks like, if you've ever read that, when you were a kid, the old book Streganona, or any other books by the illustrator Tommy DePaula, it looks like his style. Like, it's like sort of Eastern Europe, European illustrations. And they're really pretty. The whole game looks really good. I don't know so much what the story is. I've only played the first maybe 15 minutes or so, but you're this guy is in his room and like he looks over and the wallpaper is peeling off. And you go over and check the wallpaper out. You peel it off and you notice there's a little door. And you crawl inside the door and you find out there's a whole other world beneath your, your house. Uh, you're just kind of exploring. So I don't, I don't know where it goes from there, but for the visuals alone, I would keep trying it. There's another game I tried called Skate City, which uh, I was looking forward to. You know, we get, we're getting all this like skateboard game news, but none of it on Switch so far. So I was like looking forward to some cool skate game, but it's it's really like a phone game. It's kind of not worth anyone's time. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's all the games that I played. But as I said in my intro there, I was feeling the Power of Glove because I watched the Power of Glove, the documentary, mm. which is about the Power of Glove, how it came to be. And if you're interested in that, it's on Amazon Prime, so you can watch it for free. Yeah, um, if, you have, if you have Prime. I, I saw it Prime. on there. I haven't watched it yet, though. I mean, is it interesting? Do they get into, like, the development and yeah. Oh, yeah. everything? I, I thought I, it was worth the time, yep. I think it would be yeah. hard to make a whole movie about the Power of Glove because it didn't really, aside from having a great appearance in uh, The Wizard, it didn't, didn't really do a whole lot. I mean, it's a good movie. It's if you're if you're a Nintendo fan, I think everybody on this call here on this show would would uh, enjoy the movie. Yeah, for sure. I just I just didn't know how much uh, how much like content they would have from the Power Glove, you know, just because it they pulled out enough to sustain a movie. I think the, yeah, yeah. the runtime was like eighty minutes or something. Oh, okay. I mean, just because it's you know it, it's a, it's like a novelty for being a weird controller, but that's kind of. All you really have, I guess, you could get into development and stuff like that. But so they go into the origin, how it came to be, which is pretty fascinating. It was uh, this guy who was trying to make a virtual um, virtual instrument, basically. Like he wanted to be able to move his fingers and play guitar, play air guitar, right? So that's how it started, and from there he realized he could like make it more complex to control other devices, and um, he made this. Um, this glove that was used for industrial purposes. And this glove cost like $10,000 or something. And from there he got the idea, like how could I 
as the Nintendo was, was becoming more popular, the NES was com- becoming more popular. He was like, how could I adapt it to make it mass market and affordable to use it for these games? So he tried to do that and he took it to Mattel. And one of the interesting anecdotes from the movie was that there was a guy, okay, the guy had to like program it for a bunch of different games. Like it didn't just, it wasn't like he just, you know, move your finger to hit A or whatever. Like the power glove had to be programmed to work with each game, right? So when he was demoing it for Mattel, um, they were going to demo punch out, obviously probably the best game to try and demo the the power glove with. Mm. And they couldn't get it to work. And the time for the meeting had come and they're just like, let's just roll with it and see what happens. And somehow or another, when they gave it to the executive, she was able to knock out glass Joe. (laughs) And they didn't, they didn't know how she was able to do it. It just happened. And when that happened, she, she cleared the room. She said, everybody out. We're doing this thing. Get to work. Yeah. (laughs) So that was it. Um, Yeah. Glass Joe's pretty, I mean, he's, I mean, he's made of glass, you know, he's pretty easy to, pretty easy to knock out there. Luckily. Yeah. Yes. That's how it came to be. And then they interview a bunch of different interesting people. Like, um, the director of the wizard was in there and he explained how that collaboration came to be. Mm. Um, yeah, I I liked the movies. I I say, watch it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I have Amazon prime, so I, I can totally do it. I seem to recall years ago reading about somebody who had hacked the power glove to like play like a live show with it to an extent. So to me, that's interesting that it was originally made kind of for that purpose because I never knew that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've There's seen that too. Like someone, yeah, someone using it as an interface for like, um, you know, like a MIDI interface. pretty much. Uh, right. Yeah. They go into the whole section of that. Like what is the power glove used for now? And they talk to musicians. They talk to, um, I guess the guy who animates robot chicken, he uses the power glove to do that show somehow. Seth Green. Oh yeah, I remember. Not Seth Green, but but one of the other yeah, one of, one of the, the main show. Guys. Like yeah. I think like he he wears it and he moves the he moves the figures and then when he wants to take a picture he just hits the button on the on the arm of the power glove. That's how he does it. I, I he thought he made his own modified. Like, yeah, I thought I thought you were going to say that somebody like modified it to make it work like the way it was supposed to work in the Wizard, where you can like actually drive by moving it back and forth like a motion can controller. You do that? I've never used one. I had a friend of mine in high school or a friend of mine in high school had one and it all it from what I gathered from him and from using it, it was just basically a controller stuck to a glove. Like there wasn't anything interesting about it. It was just like, okay. I've got one <laughs> and so I've tried it on a couple different games and you know the, the one one of the main things points of the documentary is that unless the game was really designed for the glove, like it's not that great to, to use. And unfortunately, Mattel was, they kind of jumped the gun on it. They put the glove out before the the game was ready to go. They had one game that was sort of the showcase game called, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name right now, Glove Super Glove Ball, that was the name of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And this game, from everybody I've heard who's actually played it with, with the Power Glove, they say it, it works. Hmm. So, but that game didn't come out for like a, a couple months or I think even a year after the power glove came out. Like yeah. two different sensor bars that you have to have for it too. Like. There's, yeah. So you set it on the TV and it's like a bar that goes across the top and a bar that goes across the side. And it's actually three sensors. And one thing I learned from the documentary was it's not actually like infrared light or anything. It's actually sonar. Hmm. Oh, like, oh. 
It uses audio wow. to triangulate the position of the glove. She basically strapped a bat to your hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's a submarine. It's a submarine glove arm thing. Yeah. That's crazy. See, that's the thing. Yeah, I also have a power glove, but I don't have all the accoutrement. So no gaps. I, yeah. I don't know the point. Like, even I've tried to play, like, a normal game with it, and it doesn't work correctly. Even yeah. Mario, you can't just use it as a controller. Uh. It is kind of cool. You can, you know, move your fingers and, like... Doing this with your index finger is jump when you play Super Mario. Hmm. Yeah, you I mean, can do. That's kind of cool for a moment. Yeah, I remember some stuff like that that you could do with it. But yeah, I'll have to check that out for sure. Well, why don't why don't we take a break and then we'll come back and talk about the Indie World Direct thing here. So stay tuned. <laughs> Hey, hey you! It's me, Mario! Yeah, you! <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired! Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over! All right, so we're back here. Um, in, in in the break, you were you were saying a little something, Ben. Do you want to yeah, so, tell the listeners? You know, <laughs> I, uh, I I I I'm really into retro gaming, and I started to realize that there's this whole swath of genres that I I barely touched as a kid. 
so for example, I'm playing a lot more shooters now. Uh, I missed out a lot of those growing up. Uh, so right now I'm doing just things like Darius and uh, uh, Space Megaforce on Super Nintendo because I did play like Gradius and R-Type mm-hmm. uh, when I was younger at least. Um, but something I could, I, I have barely touched is JRPGs. So I'm at a point where I think I'm ready to do my first, like, real honest attempt at a JRPG. And I have it down to five 16 bit games. So I, I'm not certain what to do. You know, I'm, I'm never really di- do- dove into one. Mm. So, like, I know, I know they can be a little daunting for people who aren't used to them. Uh, but the five I have picked out are supposed to be some of the best of that generation. And I love help figuring out what to play first. Well, I'm interested to see what you have on there because. I consider myself to be somewhat of a JRPG master, or know some things or two of the of the J, JRPG genre. Especially, well, you just finished a 16-bit JRPG last week. Oh, what I, was that? I did. I just finished playing uh, Final Fantasy IV on Super Nintendo, was, mm. was what I just finished. Or Slash 2, for anybody who doesn't know the actual number, it was released as 2 in 1991, but it's, it's officially Final Fantasy IV. And that was on Super Nintendo? Yeah, that was the okay. that was yeah. the second Final Fantasy game on <laughs> Super Nintendo after Mystic Quest. Okay. Which is Mystic Quest is whatever. We we've talked about it before. <laughs> it's uh it's you know, it's it's its own thing. We we did Jeremy and I we did an episode about it like way, way back in the infancy of uh, Nintendo Main, like in the mm-hmm. single digits, but but yeah. So nice. so what do you have on your list? Well, um uh in no particular order, but with a little bit of an explanation of everything is uh, First of all, Super Mario RPG. Okay? Okay. I love Mario. I tried that game as a kid, but as a kid, I wanted it to be, you know, a platform. Super Mario Brothers, yeah. Yeah. Looked great as a kid. You know, um, those uh, pre-render graphics for the time were great. I've looked at uh, footage since, and it's aged, but it's not terrible. Um, But so, you know, I have to say, though, I never tried a, um, a tactical shooter. Until somebody gifted me Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle, and I love that game. Now mm. it's got me trying other practical shooters. So I kind of wonder if Super Mario RPG might not be a six a good intro sixteen bit RPG. Okay, I mean, um, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's a pretty good one. I mean, it was made. I mean, we've talked about this because of the new. There's a new Paper Mario game that Jeremy was just talking about, like having a hard time getting through the final boss of. But a lot of those Mario, you know, Paper Mario, Mario and Luigi, Super Mario RPG. A lot of those games were made to be like beginners RPGs, so they're pretty easy to to get into, I think. Okay, so I was also thinking maybe Chrono Trigger because I hear it's just amazing, and it also streamlines kind of the JRPG experience a little bit. Uh, I hear random battles are random, but you can see them coming, so you can kind of get prepared, which is an interesting concept to me. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's completely seamless. Like, was the big it was the big thing because there is no like battle screen. Like, it's all on the same screen. But there are some times where guys will jump out that you can't see. But it's still, you know, it's just like this little menu shows up under you, and then you're in the battle. So, like, it was that was what was so cool about it. For especially versus the PlayStation One, the Chrono Cross, they kind of defeated that. The, the seamlessness went away because then then they started having a battle screen aside from the regular map screen and. All that stuff, but and I would be biased if I gave my opinion on that because it's truly my favorite game. Well, that's okay. I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I understand when you ask anyone's opinion of a game, that's going to come up. But you know, 
just keep in mind, I would like to play a second JRPG, so I'm not looking to get scared off with my first one. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, if if you don't think Corona Trigger is a good first JRPG, then I probably shouldn't play it. It was one of the first I played, but if I were to go back and try to approach it from not being into it, more being into action games and trying to get into them, for me it was Mystic Quest, because, yeah, it's not a great game, but it does have action elements in it. So I think that's kind of the same thing. I might go back to Super Mario RPG for that reason. Because you're already a Mario fan. You're familiar with that universe. Yeah, and you, you know the characters and stuff, so you're interested in the story. I think for yeah. me for me a big a big thing of Japanese RPGs is story. Like if I'm not involved in the story, then it's hard for me to play the game. But it's for the most mm-hmm. time it's for me it's like battle system, story and music. Are like huge things for me for for RPGs. So, yeah, story Chrono like. Trigger is fantastic. Okay, that's good. Well, speaking of story, um, I'm really curious about Fantasy Star Four for the Sega Genesis. That game's great I, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The whole the whole Fantasy Star line sounds really interesting. I'm I'm really into um, like high concept science fiction, mm-hmm. but um, but it sounds like the fourth game is the most accessible. Yeah. Um, and uh, with really only maybe the second game being worth my time, but with a ton of grinding is what I've heard about the second game. Well, the, you know, you can play the first one on Switch. There's a, Sega's a-, a Sega Ages version of it, which is pretty much a remaster of the, me- of the Master System one, yeah. where it actually, it actually auto-maps the dungeons, which really, really helps. I don't know how people nice. could have played it without that. So, like, yeah. as you're moving around, there's a map in the corner where it'll actually draw out where all the stuff is. So... So, like, if you get lost, you know where to go, and it's on the screen at all times. And they've also upped a lot of the experience points, so you don't have to fight as many people. You would level up quicker. And I thought that was done really, really well. Like, the Sega Ages Final Fan- or Fantasy Star 1, I thought was done really well for, for that I'll, type of thing. So I'll also add uh, 2, 3, and 4 are on the Genesis Collection for Switch, too. So you could, True, yeah, you, they you are. could knock out yeah. the whole thing yeah. super easy. But I think, I think if I were going to do one, I'd start with 4. I've heard that the while there are things you'll very much appreciate doing them all in order, it's not a deal breaker for like a you know like a new guy like me. Yeah, well, one um, one is definitely one is one that you're going to have to play with a guide because it's not really there's stuff that you would never figure out if you weren't looking at a guide. But there are there are spoiler free guides out there that you can use that will just say like go here, go here. And won't tell you anything about the story and all that, which I think is really cool. And I've used stuff like that. Like, I've played through most of the Dragon Quest games, and I've done a lot of it for those games. Woodis. Yeah, Woodis is a great, is an awesome website for Dragon Quest stuff. They have, like, every Dragon Quest game on there. And especially if you want to play the old ones, they do. You know, and, and the, the Fantasy Star one, it was basically just, like, one one or two pages of information. It's just like, one, do this, two, do this. And there's nothing about, like, characters or story or anything. It just tells you where to go to the next thing, so in case you get stuck. So it's done really well. Like, you won't know anything aside from just where to go next, which I think really helps for stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that's good to know. Um, so then the last two that I'm, I'm kicking around being my first JRPG is uh, Earthbound, because it sounds weird, and I like weird. And uh, Final Fantasy three. On yep. Super Nintendo or Final Fantasy VI on Super Famicom. Yeah, uh, I I really dig the 16-bit, uh, 32-bit in 2D mm-hmm. aesthetic kind of deal. Uh, and I've heard Final Fantasy III was the pinnacle of that type of Final Fantasy game. Yeah, well, Final Fantasy III was actually my personal first RPG. 
I mean, I, I did play Dragon Quest One, Dragon Quest Warrior, or Dragon Warrior slash Dragon Quest. I played it because it came for free with a subscription to Nintendo Power, and that was that was a huge deal, you know, at the time because when we were kids, or at least when I was a kid, you know, we getting a game was something that didn't happen very often. So when I found out you get a free game, I automatically jumped on it. Or my mom actually. My mom actually canceled the Nintendo Power and then restarted the Nintendo Power so we could get the free game. And that game was just way too difficult for me at the time. I did not understand any of it. But when I got the Super Nintendo, I rented, I rented Final Fantasy III and that was the first game. It just, it blew my mind. Like I had never played anything like it. The graphics were incredible. Like the, 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 the music was fantastic. The story was incredible. All the characters were great. And yeah, it it was that was the beginning of my love of JRPGs right there with that one. So that was my personal first one. But also I was like 16 when I was playing it. So it was, you know, that was that was different, but I still think it's I still think it's pretty approachable to to get into, you know, now even. But I was going to say if it wasn't on your list, I would say Earthbound for sure because I think Earthbound is a good is almost like a good like game for people who maybe don't like RPGs because it has so much good writing to it and so much personality and the game is like so off the charts like that's my like my wife that's like her favorite rpg of all time is is earthbound and like she just like fell right into it and loved all the characters and the stories and just like pretty much played it like beginning to end like within a week i think so that was it kind of depends on i think it's really hard and i've never been able to finish it but i do think it's fun yeah I like I like fun, but I would like to finish my first my first yeah. one. I think yeah. like the fact that I was in, I beat Chrono Trigger in junior high, and like I beat Final Fantasy VI as well. But like, I mean, that should say something that like as a kid I was able to see that game all the way through because it was so engaging and somewhat action orienting oriented. But then also Mario RPG, that's a game that I've probably played through all the way at least five or six times, probably more. Uh-huh in my life because it's still fun every time you go back to it. Okay. And that one's available on the SNES classic. It is. Yeah. But what's also, yeah, well it it was available through virtual console, but that doesn't actually, no, I think you can buy it on Wii U. If you have that, you can still get it through that virtual console. Yeah. It did come on the SNES classic too. That's what I have it on right now. Yeah, it, it's on that if you have that as well. So and so is Final Fantasy three and Earthbound. So a lot That's, of those are well, already. That is there. how I can play those three. Yeah, uh, yeah. And um, I, so that that's great information. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm open to suggestions. If any of your uh, your fans have any thoughts on this or any ideas on what I should play first, I'm definitely leaning towards Super Mario RPG first, just because it seems pretty welcoming in a sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if that goes okay, I could see myself bouncing the Chrono Trigger right after that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I I would. I guess I would say that. Yeah, I, I think uh, Super Mario RPG is probably the easiest one to get into, just because it is very much like a. It's made as a game for people who like Mario to try to like ease them into RPGs. But I would almost say like do Super Mario RPG and then like Earthbound. And then Final Fantasy three, and then Chrono Trigger. I was say end. I would almost yeah <laughs> to go to Final Fantasy three because yeah. there's a lot of references to the Final Fantasy games in Mario RPG that you would get right away. Oh, well, I didn't well, know that. I mean, there's that one. There's like one part that's definitely straight but out. There's of other stuff. Final Fantasy items and stuff are analogous. The yeah. different healing items and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I would more so than they are in Chrono Trigger. I would say true. Yeah, if I if but I was you have the three party system in both. True. 
And it is, well, also, it, I guess a lot of it depends on also like how much time you have to put in there. I mean, you did say you're, you're not working, so you probably have a lot of time, but, uh, Super Mario RPG and like Chrono Trigger are both like fairly short RPGs. They're not that long. They're, they're around like 20 hours or so. And I think Earthbound is too. I think Earthbound isn't super long either. So, you know, so it's, it's not something, whereas like Final Fantasy three is more like around the, around like 60 hours. Like it's much, mm. it's a much longer game compared to the other one. So maybe it's better to start with a shorter one, I think. Well, and Chrono Trigger's appeal is that there's multiple endings. Well, one of the appeals is that there's multiple yeah. endings. So you can you can actually play it, put a lot more time into it doing alternate things. Yeah, it expects it has a it was like the first one that I ever heard of New Game Plus, you know, where you can start the game again at the beginning with all of your levels and all that stuff. And the idea in Chrono Trigger was you can basically go to the boss at different times of the game and the ending would be different depending on what time you what time you go and beat the boss so there's like 12 different endings in there because of that which i think is really cool that's really cool yeah so but i can put yeah i can put up a poll on the on the website and see uh, or on the facebook and see if anybody wants yeah. to so give an idea. chrono trigger final fantasy 3 earthbound super mario rpg fantasy star 4 those are my five so yeah let me know what the people say yeah for sure, and I've played I played through all of those myself, and I think they're all good. So, so there you go. Yeah, they're they're all they're all great games. Yeah, I own all of them in some form. Yeah, I have all. But of them I have too. not played through four. I actually own Fantasy Star Four, the actual physical cartridge, and I still oh wow. I I think that might be a rarer cartridge actually. It's fairly rare. Yeah. It's it's definitely not one of the cheaper ones because I I just got a, I just got a Genesis a few years ago. And that was one that I wanted to get, but I realized that was probably going to be a lot more than any of the other ones, so I didn't actually buy it. But plus, it was at MGC, and I don't think anybody had it offhand. Or if they did, it was like around sixty or something like that, which I wasn't ready to put that down for it. But I do have it. I mean, I have this. I have the Mega Drive Mini, which I bought in Japan while I was there, and that has Fantasy Star Four in it also. So, so I have I have that, and also it's on my Wii U as well on Virtual Console. It was on the Wii Virtual Console, but through the Wii U because I transferred everything. But So I guess, yeah, I also have it through the Genesis. Genesis uh, collection. Collection yeah. I have. Yeah. Four, four is great. I mean, I, I, I downloaded it. I got it for the Wii when, you know, when the Wii was out and I played through it in a couple days and I had a blast. I thought it was really good. The Fantasy Star 4. And that's the only one I've beat. I've played one and I, well, I've only played one. I've only played one and four and I beat four. So. One's pretty fun from what I've played of it. But yeah, I got, I got kind of burnt out on it. Because of how convoluted it is. Yeah, like like I said, you need a you need a guide for it because some of it's real real out there. But yeah, no, definitely that's cool. I I uh, wish you best on your JRPG adventure. Those are all really good games, so I don't think you'll I don't think you'll be disappointed by any of them. So I I think it'll be it'll be cool. And you could always do a follow up episode where you come back and let us know about it. Sounds good. All right, well let's talk about the. I'm going to do some quick release news here before we get into the direct. So, because of the direct, there's a lot of games that are on sale, especially indie games. There's a lot of ga- indie games on sale in the eShop right now, going that's and they're going on sale through the 30th. Stuff like Super Liminal, Ori in the Blind Forest, Hotline Miami Collection, What the Golf, Enter, Exit the Dungeon, stuff like that are all on sale as of right now. Check that out on the eShop. Also, uh, the Aladdin Lion King bundle is on sale through the 24th. Uh, all of the Johnny Turbo arcade games are on sale for a dollar ninety nine. Actually, was thinking about getting one with my with my gold points because I've acquired some more gold points from those other games that I got. So, what about getting Burger Time? But I realized that the Johnny Arcade 
is, is, is Super Burger Time. It's a different and one. Regular yeah. Burger Time is Arcade Archives. I want regular bur- Burger Time. Yeah, so, it, it's a yeah, different no one. I actually do have that one, and I played through it. If you look through the Nintendo Main YouTube stuff, you can find my playthrough of, of it on there from like years ago. But I did play through the party one. It's it's fine. It's a lot like the other one, but with better graphics. You know, it's more more of like a Super Nintendo version. But there is a weird. There's like a weird beat 'em up on there involving zombies and monsters and stuff that I thought about getting. I forget what it's called, but I thought if I got, you know, probably definitely I'll have enough enough money by whenever I get Moon. Well, I guess it won't be on sale still by then. But uh, are you talking about Nice Slashers? Uh, yeah, that one. You'll love it. Have it's you played it? One. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I have a, I, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, I uh, I have quite a few arcade games uh, through Johnny uh, Turbo and uh, ACA or Hamster, um, and mm-hmm. uh, Nice Slashers is great. Uh, it's basically uh streets of rage with zombies like yeah you guys will love it yeah yeah that's what i was looking towards and i was thinking about because we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the indie direct stuff but there were some other games that i was thinking about getting and i almost have enough to just get it with my gold points because gold points are awesome on the eShop, mm-hmm. and I, I think i have like a buck 50 in there right now and i could get it right now for 40 cents but but yeah i was thinking about getting it like with buying another game but yeah, so that that's on there till the twenty fourth. Also, Wonder Wanderlust, which we talked, we uh, did an interview with the developer, or well, with the producer of of that game a, a couple episodes back, and I ended up playing the demo of it, and it's pretty cool. It's very much like a choose your own adventure on Switch. It's on sale for like three seventy five right now. But for anybody who misses traveling to other countries, back when we were allowed to do that, it's a, it's a nice thing to just uh you know imagine that world and because yeah. That's what I thought was kind of cool of it, but it can also be depressing because of that, depending on how on how you take it. But yeah, check out Wonderlust. There's there's a demo of it. I played the demo. You, it's maybe like twenty minutes long, but it gives you a really cool idea of how the game works. It's basically choose your own adventure, but you have like you have like a, a fatigue you have a fatigue meter and a stress meter that that I guess will vary your your uh, choices later on in the game. They didn't really move that much when I was doing it, but. I was doing a, you would land it in Thailand and you're trying to find enlightenment and you're basically going around and doing <sighs> different stuff. And, and you, uh, yeah, it's, you decide like where you stay in the hotel and like who you talk to. And it's kind of, it's almost like a text adventure of that, uh, the day of, the day of disaster or whatever that we were, that we were playing the demo of. It kind of reminded me of that a little bit. So, so yeah, it's, it's cool. Check out the demo. It's still on sale till the 29th. Aside from new games, the Super Punch Out, the arcade game is out now. Uh, I thought about getting that too, just because if you played Super Punch Out on Super Nintendo, a lot of the characters from that game are in this game, and this is the two-screen arcade game. There's a there's a port of that on Switch right now, which this is was pretty awesome. Pretty, I mean, this was released like in '87 or something, though, right? Like Super Punch Out was like a pretty pretty long before the SNES version. I think you're right about that. Yeah, no, it was. I'm saying that the characters that are in the Super Punch-Out game, they were in the arc, in this arcade. I know, that's before. just why I'm so interested. Yeah. I'm just interested in how different they're going to be because of that. Like, I'm sure they're completely different style games. But the the, the sprites look a lot similar, though. Look at, look at mm-hmm. him in the eShop. Like, Bear Hugger is in there. He looks the same, but, like, not as good graphical quality as it was in the Super Nintendo. And I think, like, uh, Heiki Gagero is in there as well. Like, a lot a lot of the guys that you wouldn't think were in there are in the arcade. That's why I was kind of really intrigued by it. Because a lot of the ones, that, you know, like, Super Macho Man looks exactly like he did on the Super Nintendo game. It just doesn't look as, like polished you know the graphically it doesn't looks a little bit less but but their their models look exactly the same as they do in the super nintendo one 
which makes you wonder like if it plays as fluently as it did on the Super Nintendo. When I haven't tried it, but I've been intrigued by it. But yeah, that that was. I remember playing it at uh, Kelping Ghost. It was there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But so that's out. The Samurai Jack game comes out this Friday, also, which I was interested in, but it's forty dollars, and I ended up buying a bunch of other stuff. So I'll wait till that one's on sale. But it looks cool. I mean, it seems to be getting getting some pretty good press around it as of right now. Yeah, that's getting a really nice physical release from Limited Run Games too. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you a physical are you a physical game person, Ben? I'm a physical game person. I was really disappointed in myself that I couldn't bring that up when you were talking about uh, uh, Panzer Dragon. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I, sorry, I got, I got that game title right. I'm having I'm having a little mental fart because of uh, uh, Legend of Dragons in my head. Also, uh, no, we were he, we were he was talking about Panzer earlier. Panzer Dragon. I just want to make sure I had the title right. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, I collect Saturn, and it's so difficult. I mean, it's expensive, you know. So I am psyched about that physical release, and you I'm hoping saga? that, yeah. You no, have sorry. Oh wow. No, it's just Panzer Dragoon. Uh, I mean, it'd be cool if they did Saga. Oh yeah. Um, from, from, yeah. Yeah. From playing Panzer Dragoon on the Switch, I would really love to like experience that world more. You know, like it would be really cool to have a game that's bigger in that in that world, and that's what Saga is. And yeah, it'd be cool. I would totally get Saga. I mean, sure, many people would because it's like a two hundred dollar game, you know, as of right now. And it would be it would be great to see it re released, even though they don't have the ROMs. But a lot of people have been able to play through games and remake them in that way. So you know, well, I guess that the Panzer Dragoon remake was made from the ground up. Like. Yeah. Oh, and there and there's kind of a spoiler. Well, I mean, there's kind of a little thing at the end of Panzer Dragoon, and in the credits, it's a spoiler, but. It's fine. I'll say it anyway. They they pretty much tell you that they're making the next Panzer Dragoon as well. So that one's getting a remaster also. Oh, so that's awesome. So like in the in the credits they basically say that they'll be doing the next game is like in the bottom of the credits. So there's a nice little Easter egg thing in there telling you that was it Zway was the second one, I think. Mm-hmm. That one's coming out as well. And as far as like what they updated with in the modern version, uh there's there's a there's a modern control type where you can uh where you can move the ship with one analog stick and you can aim with the other analog stick. So you can do kind of a dual stick shooter. And I played around with that for a while. That's kind of the big difference. You can also change the way your um, aiming reticule looks. You can use the original, you can use the original classic one or you can do like the modern one. You can switch them back and forth. But as far as like graphics and stuff like that, you can't change them. I know John asked, asked about that a couple weeks ago. That would and be that's, pretty badass. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, and that's and that's basically what you can do on there. But it's yeah, it's worth it. I mean, if you're interested in those games, really, yeah, the game is only like an hour long. So yeah, if you don't like it, then it might you might kind of feel like it's too much or something. But it was just it was just kind of like video game history for me. So so I enjoyed playing through it. But yeah, those those are the releases aside from the other thing. But let's let's get into the indie direct here. I have a I put notes down here of all the games in the order of them as I was taking it. Uh, this, I thought this, I mean, first off, let's just talk about the indie direct as a whole. I thought it was really good. Actually. I was, yeah. and I want to mention yeah. that oh, I, it was excellent. I thought that the art design on all the games were fucking phenomenal. Like the, like the art was just great. Like across the board on all the games that they right. showed, I thought they were all distinct and memorable. Yep. Yeah. They were all drawn yeah. really well. Like a lot of them look like hand drawn and everything was just like, Oh wow, that game looks really pretty. That game looks really pretty too. Like I felt like a lot of them just looked really, really nice. And it was either I was watching it with with Jess, and it was like it was either it's coming out next year or today. <laughs> That's basically what 
it seemed to be 50%, the 50-50 between, it was either like fall 2020, 2021, or right now. So there was, there was a big amount of them that ended up launching on the day. So that was, that was pretty cool. And I ended up spending some money on it, but yeah. Uh, so the first game was a game called Hades, which is a roguelike dungeon crawler thing. That one's coming out fall 2020. Uh, I personally, I'm not that huge into roguelike dungeon crawlers. So I kind of wrote that one off, but it did have some cool animation for the intro for it. So more power to them. And I think it's made by the same guys who did like, uh, it's not Hyperlight Drifter, but it's another one that's like that that has the uh, has the angled viewpoint, isometric. Uh, well, ba- a few other games too, Bastion and Transistor do. Yeah, it might have been. I thought it was the same guys that did those games. It is. Yeah, right. Yeah. The eighties one. Well, I just not familiar with something. I'm game almost version. positive they they mentioned Bastion. Um, I like. Well, one thing I like about it is that when you die, you go to you know you go to Hades. Yeah, you're trying to get you're trying to get out of Hades, but right? Since you're yeah. fr- but you're since you're from there, that's actually like a place to go heal and stuff. So mm-hmm. when you die, you're actually still able to progress in the game. It was it kind of reminded me of uh, was a God of War two was like that on PlayStation two, where you end up you get a, you get killed and you go to Hades and half of the game is you getting out of Hades. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of kind of similar to that, but yeah, that one was kind of like eh, it looks fine, but I don't think I'll get it just because, and it's not even coming out till the fall, so didn't really uh, didn't really care that much about that one. The next one, uh, Hypnospace Outlaw, relive the '90s cyberspace. Uh, there's a demo out right now, actually, and I played the demo mm-hmm. last night, or I tried to, and I have no fucking clue how to play this game, like at huh. all. <laughs> it's I guess you you're supposed to like research stuff and like do do research to figure out where who's making illegal content on the internet but it all kind of looks like i don't know it kind of looks like a mist almost like the backgrounds do it's it's a weird it's a weird game like i dig the art style of it but i could not figure out how to play it like it has a free like demo. a puzzle game uh kind of i mean it, it's you're basically on a website. You're supposed to be on a ni- on a '90s website. Like you have a mouse, you click on things. You know, you're you have your computer desktop up there. You click on stuff to go to the internet, and you go to this website. And there's a whole bunch of they threw a whole bunch of tutorials at me at the beginning. And I guess you get you get an assignment on somebody, and you have to re- research them and try to figure out what their illegal activity is, and then you. And then you get them arrested, I guess, because of that. But I just, as far as like figuring out what to do, I could not figure it out. But no, it's basically it's a web. It's supposed to be a web browser, and you go and you'll be like, search this person, and then it'll take a, take their website, and you have to read through all the website or watch all the video stuff about it. And yeah, and it does like the little old sprite animations from the '90s that you know, a lot of us had on our computers. And it's a weird, it's a weird game. I, I definitely recommend recommend everybody check out the demo. It ended up coming out like the day of the indie presentation, but I'm really, I don't know, maybe some fan who played it to understand it can like email us about it, but I was really confused on on how to play the game. It's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird game. What did you guys think about that one? it was the demo one? and not the actual game that you had purchased. Yeah, I, I was, I was not going to buy the game because I didn't really understand what it was from the, from the direct, but I was like, oh, there's a free demo so I can at least mess around with it. And it's worth the demo's worth fucking around with just to see all the all the weird cutscenes and stuff that are on there that are supposed to look like '90s games. So yeah, some of them remind me of like the original CD-ROM Mist stuff. So, but as far as puzzle stuff, I couldn't find the actual couldn't figure out what the actual gameplay part of it was. So that one's kind of a pass for me. But uh, so would would you say Trey was this so was this like an adventure puzzle game where your character never like gets 
up away from the computer. What I would get, you describe this as? I, I guess so. I mean, you're not... It, it doesn't really show you as a character in the game. Like, it's just... The game is your computer screen. And you're, and you're clicking through the web trying to do trying to do assignments for this particular group. A first-person surfer. Pretty much, yeah, I guess. First-person uh, internet FPS. surfer. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's it's a strange game. Like I said, it's worth checking out just for the weirdness of it. And I don't think it's... And, and all these games that got released on the day of the Indie Direct, they all have like a small, like a 10% uh, discount on there that goes through the to, through the 30th as well. So you can save save a couple bucks on most of them. I think... Uh, I think the one that's that actually showed in the direct after this one doesn't have a discount, but everything else does. So take take that as you will. But yeah, it's kind of it just the way the stuff was laid out. It kind of reminded me of the stuff from uh, from Mist, just in the cutscenes. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, as far as who you actually are as a character, it didn't really show that. It was just you using the internet to I don't know, kind of like a point and click thing almost, but using an old web website or old web browser i guess this is the best way to describe it it's kind of one of the things i'm really glad that there's a demo because a lot of people are probably going to be confused on that one too Mm -hmm. but coming up after this one this is actually one i was really i was really intrigued by a spirit spirit fairer spirit far the one animation looks really good on that yeah Yeah, the the one where you're like you're basically on like the ship of the dead and you're carrying all these animals and you have to like carry them on to the next world like it was it seems super dark it actually it reminded me of like majora's mask like the same sort of thing where you know a lot of majora's mask it's you're helping people in termina deal with the destruction of the town because of the moon and all that it's reminded me a lot of that but it's more of like a point and click thing but like you're helping them deal with the fact that they're going to their final destination and yeah it, it had this really cool like animation thing where it just showed showed this this lady like hugging all these animals and then the animals disappear mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's i guess it's like your relations with them and you have a your, hugging simulator to a certain extent i think yeah for all the people who can't hug anyone right now like everyone uh-huh. <laughs> you know i don't know what did you what did you think about this jeremy i thought this you can might hug be people when they're dead i mean when you're dead <laughs> i thought maybe <laughs> this might be up your alley somewhat i mean i thought it looked cool it's uh definitely something that's very heavy it's a very heavy concept, but I do. I mean, I was playing a graveyard keeper for a little while, which is even more like morbid, I guess, and and how you do things in that game. So this at least seems like you're helping people out in a spiritual sense. You're not just the grunt bringing the bodies over. So uh, yeah, it looks cool. I really like that you can customize your boat. I mean, I love anything where you can customize your home base. So. It looks like the because it's a side scroller, you kind of get this really like kind of like distorted, bizarre pirate ship looking thing eventually, where it's really tall and it looks like it's impossible that it could actually float, but it doesn't matter because you're in the afterlife anyway. Yeah. So you just got this crazy looking like fortressy ship with multiple rooms that are all on a kind of a grid like a Castlevania map or something. Yeah, and you can move the rooms around too, and put them wherever you want them to be on the mm-hmm. ship. And it, it looked like something I was really interested in trying out. I kind of wish there was a demo for this because this one has a thirty dollars price tag, and I'm just not really in a position to just throw thirty bucks on something. I mean, I'll, I'll looks check really some nice. press out on it, and it, it's something I was interested in. I'll drop the money if it if it seems like it's it's going to hold my interest. Yeah, I thought it looked really really cool. 
from what it was. But that, yeah, that one, that one, uh, went out, was out on the day also. So that's another, another phantom drop in there. Um, garden story kind of looked like a, kind of looked like a 2D, uh, cute, cute version of Animal Crossing from, from, from what I saw on that. It reminded me a little bit of the, uh, yeah, the, um, or Stardew. Direction of a uh, Stardew, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was getting a huge Stardew vibe from it. Yeah. Seems, seems like another, yeah, kind of Animal Crossing thing, Stardew thing, you know, uh, management, whatever type thing. That was another one that's coming out next year. But yeah, no, I mean, I was, I thought it looked cool from what I saw of it. I know Jess was really into it. She thought, she thought it looked really, really cute and fun. Um, do you guys know anything about Subnautica? Is that, that's a game that's already I, I out, do, right? I do. Well, first off, my friend Dan, you know Dan from Lincoln, uh-huh. he's been trying to get me to play this game for a, since it first came out on Steam a few years ago. And it's been on my wish list, so I still get that email once in a while. It's like, Subnautica's on sale. But I don't know. I don't really play games on my PC, so I've not really even thought to buy it because it's never been less than like 10 bucks. But uh, when I was visiting my family in Nashville or near Nashville in December, you know, before shit went crazy um shauna and i had gone down there for to see some live music and to just hang out for a couple of days and then we went and visited my family and my my nephew who's i think he just turned 10 so he would have been you know nine at the time he's like you gotta check out my subnautica and he had me watch him play subnautica for a while and he was all maxed out like he it reminds me a lot of like underwater minecraft but like yeah it's not it's not uh pixely like that it's you know like nice graphics, but it's it's a resource based game where you're building things and you have like a base, but you also like have like vehicles that let you travel to other spots and stuff. So it looks really cool. I mean, um, I it just I just it's one of those games that I look at it and I just get overwhelmed by the depth of it, knowing how much time Minecraft sucked out of me and and Stardew Valley and other games like that. It's like I, I want to play it, but I also at the same time don't even want to even start playing it. Yeah, it, r- right off the bat, it, it actually reminded me of the of that scuba game for Wii. Like I, I thought of uh, Endless Ocean when I saw it. An Endless Ocean, too. yeah, me too. Yeah, because yeah. I have Endless Ocean too, and that one kind of had a story mode too, and it was pretty cool. It, that's how I ended up getting a uh, the Wii speak was from uh, Endless Ocean too. On Wii, but it, yeah, kind of it kind of reminded me of that, especially since there were two of them, and since there's like that, a uh, there's an indie eight game that came out a few months ago, and it was a same day release too, and I remember getting like I think I remember we were talking about it on the show, and I said it it reminded me of what I saw of Subnautica, which was what's the name of that game? I can't remember now, but where it's like a side scroller. Oh yeah, the one, the Capcom one. The ocean. Yeah, it yeah. was, it was, it was in the, in the indie game, but it was still published by Capcom. Interesting. Is it Shensika? It's something like that. It's it's with it's yeah. With, it's with I remember this. Yeah, it was on it was on one of the last uh, directs, like before you know before now in the before time as we refer to it. <clears throat> yeah, it looks like um, I'm just watching a little thumbnail preview, but uh, kind of like an underwater Metroidvania. You you were mm-hmm. in a big scuba suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this looks pretty interesting. Yeah, I wanted to get it when it came out, and it was actually on sale a couple times. And I thought about it, but I I guess I wasn't as intrigued as I was during the direct. But yeah, and and I, I remember that it had it said it was going to have a lot more crafting, and I think at the time we were kind of <laughs> we we were kind of done with crafting from all the crafting from Animal Crossing, but. 
But yeah. Yeah. Shinsekai into the depths. That's exactly the one I was thinking of. Uh-huh. And yeah, I just remember seeing this and thinking, oh, that reminds me of Subnautica, but as a Metroidvania. So I haven't played neither, but I'm comparing them to each other already. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, if the price is right, you know, maybe I'll, if the price is right and there's not much else happening that week, month, whatever, I might but be interested I mean, in it. Subnautica has been a pretty big thing. So it's pretty cool that it's coming to the Switch, you know. It's just another one of those cases that proves the Switch has got staying power. They're bringing something like this to the game where they probably put a lot of work into porting it over because it's pretty resource intensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, it looked nice from what I saw. I mean, it didn't, I didn't feel like it looked like something that the Switch couldn't handle, but maybe it looks different on other systems from, from what was shown there. But yeah, that that's another 2021 one. This should be out early next year, you know, supposedly, depending on whatever whatever we figure out. But yeah, Oh, so- I was like, going to make the joke earlier, and I missed it. I said Garden Story 2021 is uh, is why uh, Sports Story got delayed, because it got turned to Garden Story. <laughs> I, I forgot to mention that the main character of Garden Story is like a blackberry, or a blueberry is like a little mm. like fruit, and there's like a whole That's bunch of... That's a Concord grape, grape. Concord. Oh, it's a Concord yeah. grape. Okay. Yeah, no, it's super adorable in that way. Like, it's... Yeah, you're a little fruit, and there's vegetables and shit, and yeah, it's great. But speaking of great art styles, uh, Takashi and Hiroshi, that game looked really cool, too. That's the one with the two brothers, and it's like a claymation... It's like it's like all claymation, and you're I guess you're a game developer, but you're trying to make a game that's like easy enough for your little brother brother to play. But you're making like this the super simplistic RPG. Like I was really intrigued by this when I and I was really on the fence of getting it, and I might end up buying it for next week because it's only like eight dollars. But the presentation looked incredible, and I found out that you can actually play this on Apple Arcade, John. So you could actually play it for free. Yeah, I want to try it out through 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 what you have right now. So I'm gonna play it. Yeah, it's it, it looked it looked really really intriguing, and it's cheap. It's only like eight ninety nine. So I mean, and it's on sale for like eight now, I think. But I really really love the art presentation on it, even though I'm not really I'm not really sure exactly what you do in the game because if you look through the description in the eShop, it says that it's a mixture of game developing and puppeteering. So I don't know what the puppeteering part is, but. Yeah, no, it looks it looks really cool from from it's what I I'll give it a look and I'll let you know. Really short, so yeah, John, you're the guy to play it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it's it's not that expensive, but it looks absolutely adorable. And uh, yeah, Takashi and Hiroshi was another one that was like, oh yeah, that looks great. But the yeah, next, it's it's got the the cutscenes are, are claymation. It looks like the gameplay is uh, some kind of. Maybe. It's very smooth. But anyways, um, you know, claymation is uh, you know, such a great uh, medium for the medium, but you don't really see it a lot. And it's just nice to see like it's going to be utilized well in a game. I mean, it's utilized well even less. Yeah. I mean, the la- I think the last claymation game that I su- played was uh, was it Kirby-, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse on uh, Wii U. Oh, yeah. Because that, w- that was all oh, clay. Wow. And it looked really good. Like it looked great because it was on the Wii U and it was HD and clay. Or you could even go back. Was to it really like photographed in clay, or was it simulated? I I mean I don't think I don't know. 
I don't know how they make those. Like, if they actually do, if they actually create like the yarn Yoshi's for like Woolly World and stuff like that. Say but Clay Fighter, those are real clay. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say Clay Fighter. That was really clay. I mean, they use clay characters. Clay for, they use clay clay characters from Mortal Kombat as well. Like Shiva and Goro were both clay figures. Oh, I didn't know that. And so was uh, Motaro. Like all of the non-human characters were actually clay figures from those from those original Mortal Kombat games. But I also wanted to play the Neverhood. You guys remember that game? Oh, I would love to play that eventually. Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't. That see game it. looks. Really was cool. that another clay? It was one? a claymation game from like 1996? I think it was a point-and-click game. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think that got ported to PlayStation. Is it Nevermore? It did. I think it was the Neverhood on PlayStation also. Neverhood. Thank you. On on the subject of uh, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse, it I don't know if they did actually make it out of clay, but if they didn't, they did a really good job of making it look like it was out of clay. Because they even yeah. went to the detail of them being like fingerprints on like Kirby's head and all that from that. Oh, that's game. cool. So it was, it looked like it was that it was created from clay. So I don't know if they were just super good with the graphics or they did actually make a model and brought it from there. But the cutscenes were incredible in that game. Like it looked like somebody had actually built it. Like I said, even to the point of seeing like fingerprints in the in the characters that were made. So, yeah, that's not on Switch yet. Maybe that's another one I can get my Wii U. I would. I mean, that game was awesome. Like that was a game that I. And also, there wasn't a whole lot of games out for Wii U, but I had a blast with that game. Like I played it from beginning to end. Like you know, beat it, and it was fun the whole time. And you're not really a Kirby person, John, but I think no. you would. I think you would enjoy it. The only the only main problem I had with it was. That the game you basically had to play the whole game on the on the Wii U controller because you play it with the stylus and it looks yeah. much better on the TV. I kind of wish there was a way for me to play on the on the thing and look at the TV because the TV was brighter than this because the stylus can only do so much. It was probably only doing like 400p or something like that at the time. So that was my only big complaint from it is that you have to watch it on you have to play it through the whole through the tablet just because of the way it works. But but aside from that, it was really really fun. But the next the next game, uh, I actually ended up buying this one because it reminded me of another game on Switch that I really liked, uh, and that's uh, Raji, an ancient epic. It's uh, yeah, it reminded me a lot of Mulaka, which Mulaka mm-hmm. was the was the third person action game that was all about uh, Mexican uh, mythology and that type of thing, and this is all about Indian mythology. And so- likewise, made by like an all like a. Mexican like development studio. Yeah. So I so already I was like, okay, I'm really intrigued by this game. And it was it was like it's like 20 bucks. I think I got it for like 18 or something like that with the sale. So I didn't mind. I didn't mind doing it and I actually did I did a stream of it last night on uh, twitch.tv/nintendomainpodcast. I played it for a few hours on there. It it feels a lot like a Prince of Persia game, but with uh but with like Hindu mythology in there. So if you're interested in that type of thing, I think it's definitely cool. And the cutscenes look really, really cool. Like the art on that is great too. Like there's these little like they look like marionettes, like these little shadow demons that look like marionettes with the strings and all that moving around. And it's a lot of it is trying to explain all the different gods and like the stories that happened. And you're a god in yourself, and you're also getting these weapons that are like divine weapons of the gods as well. And you can you can upgrade those. That part kind of reminded me a little bit of God of War also. But it's yeah, it's like a it's like a top down three D ish action. Uh, f- you know, it's it's mostly fighting, but it reminds me a lot of there's there's a lot of platforming in there that feels a lot like Prince of Persia, like the newer Prince of Persia games. And uh, I really wish it had a rewind button like Prince of Persia, but it doesn't. But it it does a uh, some some of the um, checkpoints are 
better than others. Sometimes there should be a checkpoint, you know, sooner. One but. thing I was noticing, and I was like playing other games while I was watching you play, but I, I was really like the sound design seemed really nice on it. Like as far as like the sounds the monsters made were very like guttural and like I don't know, they sounded. I don't know how you felt about it, but. Oh, I, I thought the sound was great. I really, the music was really, really good too. Like mm-hmm. it was definitely authentic, like to the culture, and I, and I like that. And it's a you know fe- main female character. I find myself drawn an, to like those. It was made in India by like an Indian studio, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it was, yeah, it's cool. From what I played of it, I really enjoyed it. It actually kind of reminded me a little bit of Eco too. If you remember Eco from uh, PlayStation, PlayStation Two, just in the fact where you're either like platforming to get to the next part or you're fighting guys. That's kind of how Eco was, you know, where you're going from one area to another, but then the shadow people show up and you fight them. It's kind of the same thing, but you don't have a person that you're taking care of. Like it'll, it'll, you know, it'll, it'll close off an area and then you'll have to fight a certain amount of bad guys before you can go to the next thing. Eco pretty much did the same thing. So it reminds me of that type of thing. So yeah, if you're, if you're a fan of Prince of Persia or uh, Hindu mythology, I think it's definitely worth, worth a look. I'm, I'm going to play all the way through it. I played it for like three and a half hours and I think all of the locations that you go to are really cool. And I think the art is done really well for that as well. So, so it's cool. And yeah, it reminded me of, a mixture of Prince of Persia and God of War, but in a sm- on a smaller scale. So that's what I got from that one. Bear and Breakfast. That was another. <laughs> that was, that was another one that looked super duper cute. They didn't really didn't really show a whole lot of it, so it wasn't wasn't able to figure out. But I think it's another kind of like Animal Crossing type game. Is this kind of is kind of what I got from it? Yeah, it would be like interested you- in this one if the point was to lure your tenants in so you could eat them. I think that would be a fantastic <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah. They are the breakfast. Oh, and then I guess that would inevitably lead to you finding out if a bear does crap in the woods. I mean, the game's got everything. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, the art style looks great on this one, too. It looks it looks like it's hand-drawn. Like, you, it shows you, like, putting a house together, like, kind of the same way you would in Animal Crossing. And, uh, you know. It does mention something about, yeah, as you expand, as you expand into the woods, it gets, like, you encounter new challenges, so. You maybe one of them is like, where do I shit now? <laughs> or I'm I'm really hungry. Like, who can I eat but still make enough money to pay the rent? Exactly. <laughs> you know <laughs> that type of this thing. This is another game that's kind of like treating like what our lives used to be like. It's like an almost like pornographic sense in the in, in that like check out this super tricked out B and B you can go to like yeah vacation. I remember that. <laughs> I remember going to B and B's. Well, I went to Airbnbs, but some of those were former just B and B's that mm-hmm. had no transition. Sure. Well, I, and yeah, that's what I was talking about. Like with that Wanderlust game, it's very much like did you used to did you used to like to travel or play this game, and you could pretend that you're traveling again. You know, I my wife has been doing that with Animal Crossing New Horizon, mm-hmm. and I I want to go the exact opposite direction. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, I don't want to play any game steeped in realism right now because it's yeah. just it's depressing to me to think about the real world. So opposite effect for me. Yeah. But Bear, um, Bear and Breakfast, it, it looks really cute. It looks interesting. It it's what I like about a lot of these uh, indie games in the director are they're they're very cool juxtaposition of a couple things. There's one coming up I definitely want to point out later if I was struggling. Um, but yeah, Bear and Breakfast looks like. It's management, it's a little RPG, and it's got cute, friendly animals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know my wife wants it. It's going to it's gonna probably sell pretty well. It looks like it's going to hit a lot of marks for people. 
I, and, and I'm sure a lot of these games were in development, like before the whole Animal Crossing boom on the Switch, mm-hmm. but I did feel like a lot of them were heavily influenced by Animal Crossing. Did you guys get that too from the, yeah, from the direct? I mean, we Definitely. all, we all played a shit ton of Animal Crossing. I, I really enjoyed it because, you know, the people in Animal Crossing, you don't have to deal with them like maybe being overly racist or, you know, it's, it's not like the comments of the internet, like the, 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 the the villagers at Animal Crossing are pretty nice, you know, and they're pretty open to uh, just saying nice things and not. Uh, They'd all vote for Bernie. Yeah, it's not. It's not like what you would see. Uh, you know, nobody's saying that you're been brainwashed by CNN or anything like that. It's, it's just Tom uh, Nook know. runs everything. Guys. Yeah. He's the puppet master. <laughs> he wants you to think you can vote for Bernie, but there's no vote in, <laughs> on New Horizon. It's all there is only Nook. Yes, <laughs> it's all controlled, man. He controls There's everything. Also no, actually, no new horizon. It's just the same horizon, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't even really look at the horizon. There's no, there's no, uh, no uh, camera controls. You can change your horizon to whether it's flat or curved. And it's the same. <laughs> yeah, you can make it from top to side. <laughs> this this next one though, uh, this one is like already one of my favorite games of this year. Like it, it really, really blew me away, and. And it's it's just it's just so good. It's so much fun to play, and that's a short hike. Oh, you think that highly of it? I mean, I've played a decent amount of it, and it's fun. But. Oh, I love it. I think it's. I think it's just. I just think it plays really well. I think it's really smooth. I think it's put together really well, and I just had a blast with it. It's um, it's my other game that I beat for the week. Of course, it's not very long. Oh, you beat it? Yeah, I beat it already. I, I did know. actually have to look online to how to get to the credits because I did what you were supposed to do, and then I didn't really know what to do after that. You know, because kind of the main thing is you getting to the top of this mountain, which is why I felt that it kind of had a little bit of Celeste vibes to it. Oh, absolutely. But uh, yeah, no, you're you're this little you're this little bird creature. You're on vacation from your parents. You're staying with your aunt, and it's just basically like it, it is it is a short hike. It's like hey, uh, take a short hike up to the top of this mountain, and it has it has so many. It, it feels like kind of like a Breath of the Wild type game. Right off the bat, what I really loved about it is it reminded me of the graphical style of uh, DS games, of old DS games. Like, it automatically reminded me of, like, Phantom Hourglass. Like, like that type of, where it's kind of like the Wind Waker, but less detail. Even, yeah, it reminded me of, like, Phantom Hourglass, Okami Den, or even, like, Tony Hawk on DS. Like, it kind of reminded yeah. me of that. It's like a really, same, like, it, yeah. it looks like 64, but, like, a little nicer, but also at the same time, like, more shimmery and, like, lower res so it's yeah. like the graphics are better but at the same time worse than it's like, like pixelated polygons yeah it looks like. and yeah. you can you yeah, can pixelated polygons you, you can also uh well you can also change the amount of pixelation too which i thought was really cool i didn't know that you can oh, make it awesome. you can make it more pixely or you can make it less pixely so if you want it to be a little bit more rounded you can do that i was actually playing with the lower pixels because i kind of liked how it looked a little bit nicer but for me like right off the bat i was like this looks exactly like a ds oh, yeah. game and I really like it. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was yeah. like, "How this indie game is like is uh, dipping into like a visual style that I had never even thought of." Like, because we've talked about it on the show before. Like, you know, like sprite based games are are, uh, are popular. So then you start seeing games like uh, what's the one? Is it Quarantine or the one that's like uh, or Vaccine? Mm. Where they were like going? Yeah, it looks like a PlayStation One game. Style yeah. And so you like you're seeing this as kind of a throwback thing, but I had never even in, in my mind was like, well, what about the, the the 3D polygonal look of like a DS game? And this nails it. And it's like 
I think you said it. You were talking to us on the Slack tray that it was like Breath of the Wild on the DS. I think that's a very good description of it. Oh yeah, totally. Well, you can climb everything, but you have to collect golden feathers to basically get make your stamina stamina, stamina higher, so you can climb more. And I I've been playing the game for probably like four or five hours, and I still haven't found all of the feathers because because there's like a achievements of sort. And one of them is find all the feathers. And I was having so much fun with the game that I'm like, even though I've already beaten it, it's still really fun to play around with because you might miss a couple things. And a friend of the show, Janet, she talked about it, talked it up a bunch before this indie direct actually happened. So I had heard a little bit about the game. And once I saw that it came out today or it came out that day and that it was only $7, I just jumped right onto it, right on it and started playing it. And yeah, it's, it, it's super duper smooth too. Like I, I like just how, the crane, the the frame, the frame rate is just like constant, and it it does you know it does the thing like the higher you get, like the more everything else under it kind of fades out and like turns mm-hmm. to white, but you can still kind of see like the outline of everything. It very much it's like a cel shaded DS game is like what is what I got from it, and yeah, I, I love it. I think it's oh, it's awesome, and it, and and there's there's a lot of stuff from there's animal Animal Crossing vibes in there too. Because there's little mini missions you can do with all of the characters that are in this world. And you can either go up to the top of the mountain and just go straight just go straight to the to the goal, or you can hang out and do other stuff. I love that you guys compared it to Breath of the Wild, because that's what I wrote down when I yeah. saw it. Uh, I haven't played it yet, but mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild has given me this new love for open world exploration in games. Mm-hmm. I, I've never really got into GTA. I loved Spider-Man 2 on... PS2. Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, there's Spider-Man on PS4 is a whole other level. But uh, yeah, man, I I probably if you had not said Breath of the Wild or Celeste, I probably would have skipped a short hike. But that's definitely something I'll be picking up now. No, I, I highly recommend it. Like I said, it's 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 definitely it's in the title. It is a shorter game, but I liked every moment of the game, and I like that even after you beat the game, you can still just go and do all this other stuff. Like I'd already beaten the game before I found out that you could drive. There's a boat you can drive around. I didn't realize that you could go fishing. Like I just found a a fishing pole after the fact. So now I'm trying to catch all the fish. Like there's all this extra stuff to do. And I, and I didn't find there's like races in there. There's a guy that you can race against in these like sort of parkour races as they call them. And there's still a couple of those races that I haven't found. So there's still a lot of stuff that I haven't done in the game that I still want to like go around and try to find. Plus there's treasure maps that you can find that give you like, you know, very vague descriptions as to where the treasures are. And you can try to find those. And uh, there's money, there's money that you can use to buy other things. You can buy aesthetic stuff for your character. And of course, you know, that finding all of those, all, all of the um, golden feathers as well is, it's like a whole nother part of it. So, and playing it now, like I was playing around with it before we started recording, I was still finding areas that I just never been to, and there's like a there, there's a there's like an island down that that I found after I got the boat that had a bunch of stuff on it that I didn't even know about, and I found another thing there. So it it really just wants you to just explore everything in the, in the small area that it has there, and it's very cool. Like I highly 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 recommend it. It really really blew me away. I thought it was a very very good game. And it's like I said, it's cheap. It's only like seven ninety nine, but it's worth it. It's totally worth it. I thought it was played super smoothly. Yeah, so that was that was short hike. It was a really good game. Uh, another game that I was really interested in was a uh, Card Shark, 
the one where it's like a poker game, but it's really drawn really well. And it's all about like pulling the cards out from under and like, you know, you can, there's, there's different meters that you have to hit the A button at the right time to be able to pull the card from the bottom of the deck or whatever. It's yeah. I thought that seemed kind of cool. It's like also about the game happening outside of the card game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, players yeah. can be cheating and all that stuff. Mm. That's yeah, pretty cool. And you can get killed if you're caught cheating. I thought that was really cool where guys were pulling yeah. guns <laughs> on you in the game. It also had like mini games in there that were uh, kind of reminiscent of like WarioWare is what, is what I got from it. It reminded me of those type of games, like for trying to find different parts of the card. And then, then, then the guy, the guy gives his uh, explanation of it, one of the developers. And it's like probably one of the worst mic setups I've ever heard. Sounded like his mic was like way in the background. Yeah, but he goes bad. he goes through and he like has a whole deck of ace cards. Well, uh, yeah, Jeremy had to dip out. There's some uh, stuff going on over there, so we should we'll find out about it. Let's hope everything's okay. But um, yeah, Card Shark was uh, was pretty interesting. Torchlight uh, Light Three that was uh, announced fall fall 2020. You can get an exclusive Red Fairy from there for the Switch. I don't know anything about Torchlight, so. It didn't really mean that much to me. Have any of you guys heard or ta- or no, no. know anything it, about this game? No. It just seems like Diablo with neon paint. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I don't know anything about Torchlight. I guess I think Torchlight 2 is already on Switch or something. I don't know. I haven't seen anything about those games, but I'm sure somebody was really excited about it. Yeah, that one is out. It's going to be out later this year. Uh, Manifold Garden. That's like another one of those first-person puzzle-type games. Kind of looked like an MC Escher type painting thing that you get to go through. That's available. That was available on the day also. It actually kind of reminded me of an old game for PlayStation 3 called Unfinished Swan. Do you guys remember that game? No, I don't. Oh, yeah. It was a first person shooter where like everything was white and you would, uh, actually it was a first person puzzle game. There's no shooting, but, uh, everything was white and you would throw blobs of paint at the environment to like help you figure out where things are. So you could kind of yep. go through this blank canvas and you would throw paint on it to figure out like, oh, there's a wall. Here's a door. This is where I go, you know. Cool. It also reminded me of Super Liminal. Just, I mean, yeah, that different well. uh, objective, but similar kind of mm-hmm. trippy style first person puzzle perspective thing. Yeah, it looks like a cool game. I actually wanted to get this game. Yeah, yeah. Su- Super, well, Lim- Super Liminal is on sale too. I think it's like 16 marked down from 20. So that was that was in the indie thing, but yeah, look, it looks like another like first person puzzle game with a lot of optical illusions, and the colors look really good on that one as well. So there's another one dropped today. I don't know. Always check out a always check out the mobile thing for you. you might be able to find some of these on Apple Arcade for free. You know, you never know. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Manifold good Garden. Point. That was that one. Also, uh, Evergate, which kind of looked like a it was it was bas- it's basically a um, puzzle platformer. There was another like light game that came out a couple of years ago that it kind of reminded me of that I ended up getting. Oh, um, didn't that? Do you remember that on Switch? The, yeah, doesn't the aesthetic look like thirty six pieces of midnight? I don't know. I didn't play that game. Yeah. Well, aesthetically, it does a little bit, but the the mechanics look pretty different. I thought maybe that's what you're talking about. I think it was. Uh, it, yeah, there was a Switch game. I think it was called like Lightscape or something like that. I ended up getting it, but it had a character that kind of looked like it and did a similar thing where there were lines of light that you would like move across the environment with. So it kind of, it kind of reminded me of that. One thing that Jess pointed out while we were watching it is, uh, the levels look really huge and the characters are tiny, tiny, tiny sprites. So maybe playing in handheld might be a little difficult for that. You know, it kind of felt like it felt like that, uh, the bomb with the bomb offensive game or level in, in, uh, smash brothers where everything's really big and your characters are tiny and you can't tell what's happening. 
kind of kind of reminded me of that. It's an interesting concept. Like it seems like it's it's a, a platformer that is also a, a Rube Goldberg machine. Mm-hmm. You know, like apparently when you're flying through the air, like you have to time setting off all these other things to make this thing go off at the right time as mm-hmm. you're flying through the air. Yeah. It, it looks interesting. I, I don't know if it's for me, but I, I hope they have a demo. I definitely want to check out a demo. Mm-hmm. Lightfall was the other game that it reminded me of that was already on Switch. Lightfall is a similar thing where you can, where you can like streams of light you can walk across and that's how you platform from one thing to another. But yeah, this one also has you interacting with the environment. I saw a lot of people comparing it to Ori in the Blind Forest on Twitter, but Janet actually said that it wasn't anything like that because she's been playing it. So, so she said it was different, but yeah, no, it looked really cool. And that was, uh, I think that was the last of like the big stuff that they showed on this one. And then, and then there was a, and there was another one released on the day. And then they go through, um, they go through like a sizzle reel and just show like seconds of different games. Um, I guess we could just point out ones that like really stuck out to us. Like, uh, I think Red Lantern was one that was on a previous direct. That was the one with, with the dogs. I remember that one. Yeah, I'm excited for that game. Um, I can't think of a single dog sledding game that I've seen. Uh, and it looks like, uh, it'll bring, uh, some survival elements to, to it. That'll just make it more than just racing, which I, I do like. Like, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that that game's still alive. Like uh, some, you know. Yeah. I, I feel like some of these games have just, you, you know, you, you see some games on a direct like a few years ago, and then they just never come out, and you just wonder. Like I, I remember, um, there, there's been a lot of games on Switch like that that just become. They say they're coming. Ninjala. Out. Ninjala disappeared for like three years. Oh yeah, and what was then that? All of a sudden, it came back. What was the other one? The really weird, the weird three, three, third person shooter that I got. Uh, something theories. Morphe's, yeah. More, oh. That was another game that like just disappeared for a few years while it was uh, on there. Should have disappeared for, for a few more, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I ended up getting it, and it ended up being like not all that when it when it finally came out. But, but yeah, Haven Haven looked like a it was like a kind of a surfing uh, two player thing. The art style looked really good on that too. Uh, going under looked looked like a beat 'em up style game with uh, there's some carts and stuff in there as well. What was it? Um, What's the other one that I had on here? Unrailed, which kind of which kind of looked like a like a voxel uh, train simulator thing. There's actually a demo out for that, where you where you build a where you build like a train track and have stuff move from whatever. You could that was supposed to be a demo later in the day. Uh, struggling, that's the one you mentioned earlier. That's the one where you're like a head and you have two arms moving, like yeah, so, each of you so together. To me, it's like it looks like junk carpenter's clock. Like, the best I can tell from the little bit of footage they have, it's a clock game. If you're listening, you don't know what that is. There's this old running game you can play online where... Yeah, what, each... what's his... It's not John Carpenter. What, what's his What's his name? The guy, uh... Oh, Buck. it's not John Carpenter, no. But it reminds me of The Thing, to <laughs> oh, be okay, honest. yeah. It, it's this this guy. This the character is this like a yeah, like, like pile a, of sinew and body parts sewn mm-hmm. together. You know, but yeah, you in Quop you control each limb of a runner individually with the Q W O P buttons, and this is the vibe I'm getting from this game. Uh, so it's just morbid enough to keep my interest. It looks like it has a real dark sense of humor. Well, who was the one guy that? Do you remember that game? Getting over it, Jeremy and talked something. about it. Who was yeah. Bennett Foddy? That guy, yeah. Yep. That's what I was he involved with Quop too or no? 
He or, was. Or was it only uh, getting over it? That is, because that was like Bennett Foddy's getting over it, right? Was his yeah, he didn't co-op too. Okay, that's what I was trying to think of. It's like, oh, Bennett Foddy, because he also, he did that ape game also, the ape out game on, on Switch. He was involved with that. All right, that's a good game. But yeah, no, it kind of, it, yeah, it looked like a, it's almost like a Cronenberg creation thing with all this, yeah, the two arms and heads. And I, I, I was really digging the art style of that. Like, that's definitely something I want to check out whenever, whenever that comes around. There was uh what what else was on the list here? Uh Inmost. Inmost is actually coming out this week. That looked like another like dark it almost kinda like a limbo almost kinda looked like the same art style. But yeah, Inmost is coming out this Friday. She dreams elsewhere. That's that's one that I made a note of because it kinda reminded me of Earthbound. It sort of looked like an Earthbound game. Or like uh what's what's the other one? Uh Undertale. It kinda kinda reminded me of that art style as well. So that's another one that I marked for. They they go through these. They go through these really quick. Also, Grindstone. We talked about that. John was playing that on Apple on Apple Arcade. It's coming to Switch. Uh, Goner Two. That was a that was a shooter game that came out a few directs ago. Little guy with a gun fighting giant whales and stuff. It looks looked pretty cool. And um, after all of that, they did one of those and one more thing thing at the end there, where uh, Untitled Goose Game is getting a DLC. Two-player DLC, bringing another goose in there. I don't know if it means that much to me if they're not going to add any more actual content to it. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed that game. It was a nice five-hour or less experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't think I'm going to come back to it just because I can play something I've already played with somebody else who's probably also already played it. Well, all, and also, I think it's only... I'm pretty sure it's only local, John, so you, would, you wouldn't have anybody to... I mean, you, you're living by yourself, so it's kind of... I, I was thinking... I mean, it's free. So sad. It, it was free. I was like, well, I could play it. I could play it with Jess, maybe, you know, because I never, I never played Entitled Goose game all the way through because I kind of got stuck in the middle there and never finished it. So I was like, well, maybe I could finish it with my wife. So that's what I was thinking about for the free two player DLC. So you it, could, it feels like one of those games where uh, an additional player would really change the experience. Like, you know, if I think it's something like Super Clips, right? Came out. About the time Switch first did, I really liked the game, and I played it through myself. But then it was when my wife started playing it; it was a completely new experience, you know. Uh, and I think that's what Untitled Goose Game will be now. I I haven't played, to be honest. I waited for a physical to come out, and I'm waiting for oh, that to be delivered now. Yeah. So. Oh, I, I actually saw this in a, as a news item. It was basically like went went to the physical people because if you do if you end up, there there is going to be a physical version but if you get the physical version you still have to download the two player DLC so it won't be included on the cart you have to get it you have to get it from the internet so that's all won't, right. won't be included on there but yeah it, it will it, it is supposed to come out at some point so so yeah if you're wait if you're waiting on that you'll get it but it, it's it's just nice that people haven't forgotten about Untitled Goose Game I guess. We were when I was talking to you about being on the show, Ben. You were talking about uh, Blasphemous. You were saying that you were hoping for DLC for that game. It's it's been confirmed. Uh, the first bit of DLC is going to be free. Um, I am hoping that my save files are still on my Switch when I get them back. Mm. Uh, I didn't I didn't realize this or I'd forgotten, but apparently uh, I have Switch online and so I have cloud backup. Yeah, you have to manually do every game you want to get backed up. I think you just have to turn it on and it'll just automatically do everything from there. Well, 
I hope you're right, but I talked to that's not what the Nintendo rep told me. Oh, it's, really? You know, that yeah, that's a whole other thing. Uh, and I'll I'll let you guys know how it goes when it comes back. <laughs> okay. But Blasphemous, uh, are you guys familiar with Blasphemous at all? I actually I have the game, but I didn't. But I had a hard time getting into it. I thought it was maybe a little too hard for for it, me. It, it's a pretty difficult game. So talking about, I, I'm trying to try new genres I haven't really done before. Blasphemous was my first Souls like game. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a two it's a two D game. But, I mean, it's just this wonderful amalgamation of gothic, Catholic guilt, Metroid. It's great. But, yeah, it's super difficult. It took me a a long time to beat it and finally, like, get good enough to beat it. But it's got such an interesting lore. The graphics and sound design are beautiful. Uh, And it's got... I really love uh, when uh, a game, a pixel game, sprite game, is willing to do an entire cutscene out of pixels with motion, not just you know, mm-hmm. here's my character. Yeah, uh, and uh, they're, they're very short, but the cutscenes, the pixel cutscenes are gorgeous in that game. So yeah, Trey, I I think you should give another shot. Uh, it is a bit of a commitment, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, it's got. I mean, now that I've done that, I'm I want to do Bloodborne next. Like I want a full on actual 3D Souls game. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, well, I mean. I think, uh, did you ever play Dark Souls 1? Like, a lot of people say that's a really good intro for for those games. And I, I know no, they did so it. I, I've never done a 3D Souls game of any kind, but I'm really into H.P. Lovecraft, so oh, okay. I, I kind of wanted my Bloodborne to be the first one I do. Okay, sure. Yeah, I, I, I really love the art style of Blasphemous. That's why I ended up buying it. But I, I think I was expecting more of it to be like a Metroidvania than a, than a Souls-type game. And I think that's why I kind of bounced off of it. I was hoping that it would be more like Castlevania and less yeah. like less like Dark Souls. Yeah. So it was difficult for me. But I, I love the art style. I love the way the characters looked. Like, I thought it sounded great. You know, it played fine, but I was just not very good at it. And it was hard for me to stick with it because I kept dying, you know. So that's that's what happened to me uh, to me on that. I was uh, I was surprised. I thought that maybe this direct that we would have seen, like I don't know, like the the place for Le- Apex Legends, but isn't that an EA game? So I guess it wouldn't be on here for for the indies. Or I thought that maybe Fall Guys Switch would be announced because apparently people are finding stuff in that. The people who data mined it saw saw a little bit of a hint at Nintendo in that game. So I don't know, but I think that what we ended up getting from the indie direct was really good. Like I was very in- interested in pretty much all the games on there. So. Yeah, me too. It's a good one. Yeah, it, I yeah. guess it's it, for anybody who didn't like the Nintendo Direct Mini. This is a much much better one <laughs> coming off of that. <laughs> Even though I did, I really love the Shin Megami Tensei stuff on there because I we did a whole episode about those games. But 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 yeah, it's um it, it's yeah. There's a lot to be excited on there, and it's cool that a lot of it came out today, like or on the day it was like today, today, today. You know everything, and then they released like I think like half of the games that were shown on there were pretty much all. Automatic releases, so so yeah, I think I think it was good. I think it was a good show. Yeah, it was a it was a really good show. A lot mm-hmm. better than their last direct mini. And, you know, not not to put the cart before the horse, but this indie direct gives me a lot of hope for the next full direct yeah. and what we're going to be seeing complementing these indie games mm-hmm. coming from AAA and uh, first party. Yeah. So we got some rumors. Xbox, Xbox Two, Nintendo, Nintendo PlayStation, Xbox Grand Prix. Rumors. Uh, there's a rumor of a Zelda 35th anniversary re-release that might be coming. Um, that comes from the fact that Nintendo filed multiple trademarks for games, merchandise, and more. And that's so, for uh, I believe it. That's for Skyward Sword, is what people are thinking, right? Yeah. And another thing is that Skyward Sword could be coming to Switch. Yeah. 
And that that would be another one like we were talking about earlier with uh, Super Mario Sunshine. They would have to kind of rework the controls on that because I don't know if this if the Wii if the um, Joy Cons can do the motion as well as the Swords, Wii, Wii yeah. Motion Plus did. Plus, there was a lot of uh, pointing in there, which you can do it. It just doesn't work as well. So I don't know. That's I mean that game was fun was fine when it came out. Like I enjoyed it. I played it all the way through. I know uh, if Jeremy was here, he'd talk about like how he got to the last boss and wasn't able to beat it because of he, he just couldn't get it to register with like aiming the sword in the sky to like you know make that make that powerful move that basically the skyward sword that you had to do mm-hmm. point your sword to the sky and all that and how difficult that was at the very end. So a lot of people have mixed feelings about that game. I personally liked it. I don't know if they re-release it for like six, it for like sixty bucks. I'm definitely not going to buy it again for the Switch because I already have it. But a it lot doesn't of have the are, sword you know, uh, control, the motion control, then which it it, it won't. Then it's, it's going to be inferior to me. I thought I liked the sword controls in that game. I was one of the people who actually liked it. Um, so I don't see any reason to buy it if it does come out. But for the people who haven't played Skyward Sword yet and don't have a Wii and wouldn't play it otherwise. Sure, good for them. Yeah, I mean it. That's it was based all around the sword control. I mean that's what everybody wanted when the Wii came out was they wanted that one to one sword fighting from Zelda, and we got it. You know from that. Yeah, so I thought it worked. I thought it worked well for me, but some people had a hard time with it. I don't know. I played through it, enjoyed it. It's just I don't know if yeah I don't see it working as well on the Switch, especially it's kind of getting rid of the portable version of it. You know you can't you're not going to be able to play a portable if it's involves a lot of. Uh, waggle and all that stuff so yeah the source of that rumor by the way was that there was a post on amazon uk saying uh, that there it was up for pre-order mm. so yeah there's that um so there was a rumor that came up and got shot down all of them last week killer seven coming to switch uh not, not actually happening yeah so <laughs> ah, yeah the, the yeah. uh the company in itself said that they weren't doing it that doing weren't doing it right now so maybe they'll do it later but yeah they did get a direct comment from the people who ported it to the PC and said that there was no plan to put it on Switch as of right now. So, oh well, I do really like that game, and I was, you know, that's always one I think of uh, how around Halloween time we're real close to October. So I was thinking about it again. Probably my favorite rumor that came out this week was that uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two is coming to Switch, and this comes from the fact that they data mined it on the PS4 and Xbox and all that, um, and found data relating to the Switch and the Switch Pro controller in the game's files. That seems pretty concrete to me. Yeah, it's like they found like an outline, yeah, where they would show like, you know, where you could switch your controls around and it showed like those actual pictures. I looked at it and yeah, no, it's, it, it really, it bums me so much that you can't play the Tony Hawk 1 and 2, re- you can't play the demo unless you buy the game. Like that, that, like, that makes me so sad. What? That's what? You can't play the demo unless you buy the game? Yeah, no, you can't. What is the it's, point of that? Right? It's, it's weird. No, it's. That's it, so stupid. Because I, I have a PS4, and I was like, oh, there's a demo, I'll play it, and I can't. You can only play the demo if you have pre-ordered the game. So you have to have, like, already paid for it on on the on the PlayStation Store to be able to play the demo. So so it's not it's a dumb. demo. Yeah. You, you, get, you just get the first level yeah. for your pre-order. It's early, right. it's early access, I guess, sort of, even though yeah. there's... You, there's nothing to do really. All you do is skateboard around the warehouse. Like you can't get the skate letters. There's no like hidden tape. Like you can't really unlock anything. You just get to feel, feel how it plays, but it's so dumb that it's locked behind a pre-order thing. So you can't, you know, so I, I was so excited to play the demo, but it's, I can't 
because I don't I don't want to throw forty dollars at it as of right now. So I just that kind of bums me out. But yeah, hopefully it'll come out for Switch later. That'd be great. So yeah, there's there's some more like possible rumors and stuff. Uh, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit remastered. That's cool. That actually you you found that from a. Uh, a guest that we had, and I was a guest on his show as well, uh, Scott Clark of Gaming Outsider. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where that's how we found it. So that's cool. Yeah, I remember that was a pretty cool game. So I would give that a shot if it was mm-hmm. the right price. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild Two Collector's Edition also appeared on a retailer's website. I'm so, I'm re- I'm, I'm yeah. really I'm really interested about that because if you remember on this show, I've been you know I've been the the Breath of the Wild Two stan or whatever you want to call it. Where I've, I've been the one who says that it's still going to happen this year, and a lot of people were saying no, you know, you guys included, and I was like, no, it'll still come out because they're planning on it. But this makes it look like maybe it will, maybe it could still come out. I don't know. I thought it was the best way to combat the PlayStation Five and the Xbox X Series X, whatever. I'm of the same opinion. Yeah, uh, I I think you're right. I think a Zelda. Possibly collection is going to come out because next year it's it's 35th. At the very least, with Skyward Sword, it sounds like they might individually parse out the 3D games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right. With the new Xbox and PlayStation, it just makes sense for a game like Breath of the Wild yep. 2 to get released this year. I, I feel like I think it could happen. It's been three years since the last one. Mm-hmm. More than enough time to, you know, I mean, it's the same engine and everything. More than enough time to slap together a new game or. It's not going to take that much work from starting it from scratch. So yeah, three years. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I would think that that would probably be the best way to sell more systems is to make a sequel to a game that everybody loved and that pretty much everybody bought for the Switch. Like it, it made sense to me, and and that's it. And that shows that maybe it is still happening. Like I thought, I was convinced that it was going to be the holiday game, but that was of course before like COVID nineteen and all that stuff. You know, like that was. Whenever it was announced during that direct, I figured that that was going to be their big holiday game, or maybe even their big E3 game, which you know E3 didn't even happen. So, so who knows? But yeah, I, I still have hope. I still have hope that maybe it'll come out. You know, that's it's still a possibility. Yeah, a Prince of Persia remake was listed for the Switch and the PS4. Well, they by a Guatemalan retailer. So, well, they did. Yeah. A, I mean, they did a Prince of Persia trilogy remaster. For PlayStation Three and Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, because these were uh, these were PlayStation Two, GameCube, Xbox games originally. So, is it a remake of that, or is it a remake of the remake? Because there was also a PlayStation Three version that was a retelling of the original Prince of Persia, but it was well, different. That I don't know because there's a there's a uh, couple of them. I I heard it's a remake, like a brand new game. Oh, okay. It's not but... like it's not like Sands of Time or or, or any of those. Well, this is what I heard, but to be honest, I think it's more likely just going to be remasters of the original trilogy. Yeah. That's what I think it's really going to be. That's what I figured because they already—I mean, they already re-released it on on PlayStation Three, like last generation. So, I mean, if they put Sands of Time on there for cheap, I might do go through it again. I really enjoyed it when I played it on GameCube. So, you know, and that would be another GameCube game on the Switch. I mean, and throw in, like, the original and maybe the, like, original 2D sequel. Mm-hmm. You know, because, like, my thing is, uh, I have that trilogy on PS3, and my PS3 outputs just enough HD for me that I don't need it on PS4 or Switch. You know sure, what I, yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I want, I want some other stuff in there. I want, like, a couple older games. That'd be really cool. I think, wasn't, wasn't the original uh the Prince of Persia on the on the GameCube one on the first one. I thought it was unlockable. Yeah, you mean it was the original two D oh. one was. Oh, I didn't realize that. 
I thought it was in the original release. I don't know if it made it into the remaster or not, but I'm pretty sure it was on there for the first one. The first yeah, one was the only one I, I played. That. Was I had that first one on GameCube, and I thought it was cool. I played through it. I liked the story and the narration and all that. So you, you know, I'm really glad you guys brought me out, but you don't have to point out how bad I suck at Prince of Persia. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. I mean, yeah, you didn't know, man. How did you not know? No, <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure it was. I thought I played it, but. Yeah, I mean, Prince of Persia. I mean, you already have Raji on there. You don't need Prince of Persia. Just go play that one. We talked about it. Yeah. You got some more Scott Pilgrim news. The soundtracks are being re-released, and that's two soundtracks. Um, one's going to be the original score by Nigel Godrich, and it's going to be getting its first ever physical release. And then the second one is the special edition original soundtrack with 24 minutes of unreleased songs from Beck and Sex Babam. Nice. I'm interested in this. I think the music from that movie was amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Even I though would you, definitely consider getting that. Even though you don't have a record player, is aren't there records, right? Or are they CDs? I mean, they. I figured they wouldn't be CDs because who gets CDs nowadays? Well, I assume they're doing a uh, digital release of them as well. I, I didn't really look into it that much, but yeah, they're doing physical. Because I, from the link that you put on Slack, it showed like it, it records, showed like yeah. the big discs and stuff. So I figured it was a record thing. But most of those, yeah, you can get it for way cheaper digitally. But yeah, it's a, it was official, what, last week? It was officially 10 years of uh, Scott Pilgrim? 10 years. On August 13th was the 10th anniversary of the Scott Pilgrim movie. Yeah. So, wow, 10 years. And also the 10th year anniversary of uh, Galloping Ghost, right? Yeah, same day. Oh, yeah. Have you been to Galloping Ghost, Ben? You've probably been there, right? The arcade? Once, once a long time ago, went for my birthday, man. Spent mm. the whole day there. It's great. I, 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 I don't really know what's going on there now, but once things are kind of back to normal i really want to go back they they are actually still open because i follow oh, doc great. mac and, and all that and I, I i guess maybe they're only letting a percentage of people in there like i went there i went there on a friday night for for the uh bachelor party for for my wedding mm-hmm. and uh it wasn't all that there, there was a couple people there but it wasn't really crowded like i was never really close no, to it anybody playing so. a game you wanted yeah, so I mean, may, I I know that I've I've been I follow Doc Mac on uh, Facebook, and actually, if you go back and listen to our Midwest Gaming Classic episode of last year, we did an interview with him on there with with the owner of Galloping Ghost. So you can listen to him on there. But he, he's a super cool dude. Like, uh, he's a uh, you know he was really nice to us, talked to us about that, and and uh, yeah, from what I've seen, he's kept it open and it's been okay. You know, and they. I, they don't have a whole lot of people there. It's it's like such a niche a niche place that I feel like it would be okay, you know, to still. Even yeah. though I mean, I guess you would have to what disinfect all the joysticks after everybody yeah, plays yeah, them. Be a lot I don't of work know. keeping that open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe they maybe they have gloves for you to bring on gloves or something. I don't know. There, yeah. there are ways to make it work. Obviously, mm-hmm. August sixteenth was the twenty fifth anniversary of the Virtual Boy. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty much the uh, same anniversary as Mortal Kombat, as the Mortal Kombat movie, right? I can't, I which was on that, the 18th, 25th I, anniversary. I, I yeah. the, the original film. Yeah, the not, original not film. Yeah, I didn't realize that the original movie came out two days after the Virtual Boy. I thought that the Virtual Boy was much was was much earlier, but I guess not. I, I still I still love that Mortal Kombat movie. I think it's great. Uh, the first one, I think, I it's, I think it's, it's awesome. Fun movie, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's stupid, but it's and that was a. Uh, Paul W. S. Anderson, right before he started it making uh, all of the shit that he makes now, like before uh, 
Oh, no, that was Uwe Boll. I was going to say before Bloodborne, but he didn't do that. Uh, but before all of those crappy Resident Evil movies and all that, he was doing, uh, did that Mortal Kombat movie, which I thought was yep. actually pretty good for, for what it is. I mean, for, for small of a story that you have in Mortal Kombat, it did fine for representing it on there. But I think, uh, yeah, I think that is that for our episode or for our show this week. Thanks again for joining us, Ben Stockton. Is there anywhere that you want to let the people here know uh, where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, so you guys uh, can find me on Facebook. I do some stand-up comedy, so you can find my page there. My name is Ben Stockton, S-C-O-C-K-T-O-N. And nothing up there yet, but I'm working on my own video game content, so I'll tell you guys more about that in the future. Yeah, and then, you know, feel free to let us know if you want to come back and, uh, you know, talk about anything like that. And, uh, yeah, and thanks for, I mean, it's been a while since we've talked. I'm I'm glad you're doing okay in in all of the craziness and all that. And, you know, whenever, whenever people can hang out again, you know, hopefully we can grab a drink somewhere or something like that. Yeah. Everybody go out on the poll and remember to let people, let, let Ben know your, what, uh, RPG he should be playing. Yeah, Yeah. guys, what should my first, uh, RPG be? Uh, Super Mario RPG, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy 3, Earthbound, or Fantasy Star 4. Okay, I mean, I, I'll, I'll put a poll up on the Facebook group, on the Facebook Nintendo Main community page, and everybody can vote on that. So, I'd, I'd put it up on Twitter, too, but I think that's too many, because you can only do four at a time on Twitter. But I think you can do more on Facebook. So, I'll put it on the Facebook page. And, uh, yeah, and, and of course, I'll send you an invite if you haven't been able to, if you haven't looked at that yet, so you can take a look at it and vote yourself if you have ideas on which six, which of the six to play. It, it feels wrong, but yes, I guess I can. <laughs> well, I did that before where I was, where I was like, which game should I beat next? And then I didn't beat either of the ones that people recommended me beating. But hey, you know, <laughs> they're long ass games, so I didn't get there. <laughs> But if you want to find more of Nintendo Main Podcast stuff, you can find us at NintendoMainPodcast.com. Uh, I do streams, late night streams, Tuesday at 2 a.m., uh, Tuesday night, and Thursday night at twitch.tv slash Nintendo Main Podcast. And I've also been doing uh, WART Radio video game music DJ stuff on Saturday, where I play a three-hour long set Saturday night at 1 a.m. Uh, this week I'll be doing a, a, a deluxe version of the WART Radio Adventure episode that I did a while back. So tune in for that. If you want to listen to RPG music, I'll be playing a lot of that stuff. And, uh, also if you want to, if you want to like donate some money to Nintendo main podcast, drop by patreoncom slash Nintendo main podcast. And if you give us even just a dollar, you can listen to a whole bunch of bonus shows that we have on there. We just put up a show where we talk about all of the American video game TV shows that happened back in the eighties and the nineties, mostly G4, but there's a lot of uh, arcade, game shows on there as well if you want to check that out and of course you'll also get this you'll you'll get this show uh, uh 12 hours in advance at a higher bit rate also without commercials so if you want to do that you can get that and if you donate more you'll get physical goodies and stuff like that so check that out and also i have a sister show with my wife called uh how is it now uh we just put up an episode for mad max fury road so check that out we basically look at uh award-winning movies and talk about how they are now so it's been a fun thing that we've started doing during quarantine. So it's always nice to have more content and stuff like that. So check that out. But uh, yeah, this has been our episode 233. We've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I'm there. And our special guest. Ben Stockton. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time.
should we wait? Should we wait till Jeremy comes back from the whatever the disaster is over there? Your gaming podcast is about to become a true time podcast. <laughs> yeah, then then maybe I'll get more downloads because those are like the most ah! most popular ones, right? <laughs> this is the story of how the Super Nintendo killed the Genesis. <laughs> yeah. How about, how about the Sega Saturn suicide? Yeah, yeah, right. 